Hi, I'm Vicky and you may remember me from such hit TV shows as Small Wonder, Herman's Head and Homeboys in Outer Space. Yes, that really was a show. I am the new announcer on the Weird Science DC Comics podcast and while I just started, Jim and Eric have made me feel right at home. In fact, Eric invited me over to his apartment and gave me a drink, and well I don't remember much after that. When I woke up three days later, he called me a cab. Such a nice guy. I am supposed to warn you that they will spoil all of this week's books and talk a bunch of nonsense. Eric, if you are listening, call me. And now Mr. Stark has prepared a statement. He will not be taking any questions. Thank you. Yeah, Rody, it's, it's Mr. Shea. And hey, it's about to get a little weird in here. <laughs> the reason I'm up here is I really, really would like to apologize for anybody I may have offended with the word that I said last week. All right, Mr. Stark, do you honestly expect us to believe that that was a bodyguard in a suit that conveniently appeared despite the fact... Let me just stop you right there. I have no idea where you're going with these questions. All I wanted to do was try to tell people that... The reason I said what I said last week was I was trying to relay the fact that now is a different time than in the 90s, and things don't fly the way they did back then, and that's a good thing. And I'm sorry that I may have offended anybody, and I hope we can all get past this. Thank you. It's time to get weird in here with two guys north of Philly but south of Valentine as they bring you Weird Out Loud, the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. I'm Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. <laughs> and this is episode 20, I think. <laughs> I'm Britney Spears, Eric. I don't like your Britney Spears. Turn I'm it down. I'm Justin Bieber. What? How come they sound the same? They're the same people. Are they? I wear the same tube tops. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Hey, about, you, you sound different. Oh, uh, yeah, I sound different, do I? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. See, I figured I wouldn't sound any different. It would just be my jerk-off voice and people thought it was a bad mic. But now I got a mic this week to calm Reggie's nerves down. Oh, my goodness, Reggie. Sit down, Reggie, and enjoy. Enjoy the uh, beautiful tones of Eric's voice as he caresses you full of Eric Shea goodness. Oh, God, that's I, I didn't terrible. know where that was going. <laughs> I just kept talking until it somewhat made sense. You got a mic, finally. Yes, finally, I got a mic. All this work has paid off. It only took 20 episodes. We're on episode 20. We are almost drinking age, this, this <laughs> podcast. I was going to save that for next week, but since we're talking about the podcast being at 20, here we go. Here we go, Eric. And well, any craziness when you got that mic? Yes, there is craziness. <laughs> of like course I... there is. For some reason, I don't know why, I should look into it, I guess, but you know how you, when you ever you buy anything anymore, you go to a store and they ask you, do you have a certain card? Oh, you, like, you mean for like, the store, like, like a store how card. you joke with me everywhere I say I go, like, hey, I go <laughs> shopping here, you go, I don't have a store card for that. I don't have a bonus card, yeah, I don't have a bonus card. So they Wait. asked you if you had the bonus card? Yeah, and like everywhere else you go, they ask a card, like if you have a card, I say no because I don't go in for that thing because yep. there's a reason. Mm-hmm. 
And then they try to sell you one, like, hey, you can get this, 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 if you get apply for a card. I always turn it down. Yeah. But first, I got the mic, and then I applied for the warranty, which is, apparently is the same goddamn thing if you apply for a card, because anytime I enter my information into a computer system, mm-hmm. it shuts down the system. Really? Everything freezes. Every time I do this, there's something with my name where... <laughs> or, or maybe your past credit, maybe? I don't think it has anything to do with past credit, especially, you know... It, I don't even think you have much past credit. No, I have, a, I have a decent bit. Yeah. I haven't used it in a long-ass time, so okay. I should probably check it again. So you, you broke the system, and at that point, you couldn't just say the hell with it. I don't want to do this. I you eventually know, did. Give me my goddamn mic and let me go. Reggie's no, waiting. Yeah. But, but no, Jess came over, and like uh, she was going to apply for the warranty for me since it froze. They finally got it all back together. And then after that, it wouldn't let her, the lady, the clerk lady, do anything. Hmm. So, so we had to we had to clear out everything, start over. I'm like, you know what? I don't want the warranty. Just yeah. turn me like turn it down. I don't want it. I didn't get the warranty. I I don't, I, I don't like to deal with that nonsense. Well, neither do I usually. But I figured, you know what? This is a decent piece of hardware. I want it to last for a while. <laughs> it's forty five dollars. Well, how yeah. much was the warranty? Twenty nine. Nine. Yeah, mine yeah. mine was twenty. Well, yeah, you're and I'm way cheap. Mic than mine. And I'm cheap, so though even though I had gone to get the mic because my kids had broken the last one, so you'd think I would go with the warranty. But the problem with me, if I go warranty, it's usually doesn't cover, say, uh, pouring milk on it or uh, or dropping it in a toilet. So that's the sort of things that happen to my stuff. It's not like all of a sudden it shorts out because it just did or loose wire. No, it's awful stuff. I just go in and I would try to lie and tell them that that happened, and they would just point to my kids that at that <laughs> point probably bringing half the store down. Uh, it's the worst. But no, I always go through this. I always turn the people down because I've like you know I've gone to Kohl's like through, like through my twenties. I shopped at Kohl's all the time, and they would always try to get me to do that thing because you could save twenty percent right away, right? Yeah, I and guess. Every time I tried, it would shut down the system. Hmm. I'm sorry, I don't know if it's because I have the same name as my father, and as everybody knows here, my dad is dead. Yes, and yes. Screw, I don't yes. know, that's the only thing I can think of that it would screw this thing up this bad. Like I said, I'm a third, and yeah. uh, it's never happened to me. Uh, but then again, I never go with it, so and, maybe it would. also, your dad was never dead when you tried to do something. Um. Yeah, he was dead when I got the mic, but I said no. I didn't want yeah, exactly. to watch it, So It's new to me, this dad being dead thing. Well, on top of that, It's I new tried- and fresh, Eric. <laughs> Are you okay, buddy? Yeah, I'm okay. All right, good. But the weird part is then, after I tried to do this, it wouldn't even accept my debit card. Oh, really? I totally fucked this whole thing so up So then somehow. you just ran? You grabbed no, the I, mic and ran? I had to do use it as a credit card. Okay. It would not take anything, and they had to look at my card and shit. It was the weirdest yeah. goddamn day. They didn't and ask then, you for a license, did they? No, thank God, because oh, I don't God. have one of those. No, you don't. You don't have one of those. I don't have one of those <laughs> things. What are those? Licenses? Uh I don't know what you're talking about. Luckily, I'm starting to get old looking, so they don't card me for cigarettes or beer anymore. Well, yeah. when I dr- drank beer, yeah. but ugh. yeah, that that should have happened a long time ago. The way you look. Oh, that's oh. bad. <laughs> oh, you know what? We're recording on Saturday night, right? Yeah, that seems a little down on this guy. I'm a little tired. I'm used to this afternoon Sunday business. And we, well, we, we're, we were supposed to originally because I was supposed to have a party tonight. Yep. But I never looked at the invitation properly. You just figured party means Saturday night. I all week I've been talking to truck drivers and shit like that, and everybody's quit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> talking, Jesus to, Christ. talking to truck drivers, have you been? 
Yeah, you know, oh, I like geez. to blow Was that you. Wednesday night? No, Tuesday night. Ah, oh, Tuesday night. Oh, that's yes. Tuesday that's night when you were telling the truck drivers that you had a party. <laughs> you inviting any of those truck drivers to this party? I blow dudes for bus yeah, fare and walk home. Yeah. Yes, you do. But no, um, the truck drivers at, the, at work, they were telling me all week, oh, have a good like uh, you know Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. For some reason, as soon as they left, that idea that Memorial Day was Monday erased from my mind. <laughs> so yes. I'm telling you, no matter what, I'm telling you, I had no idea that we had off Monday this week, even mm-hmm. though the people kept telling me, erased from my mind. So in my mind, the party was on Saturday. No, it's actually on Sunday. Sunday. So I, was, I said it to you last night, was it? And you just kept it, Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. You're like, the party's <laughs> Sunday. Sunday? Uh, you know what I did uh, today? A big what? day for me. I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's a little studying I was doing, Eric, because, uh, you know, to make yourself better, you have to learn from others, correct? I guess. You're going to tell me to listen to the podcast, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to. Well, I would (laughs) say you might want to listen to ours because then during the week I say, oh, remember when you said that you don't remember? No, absolutely not. So then we got to this week and I'll say something and you'll say, I didn't say that. And it's like we all start all, it's like memento. (laughs) <laughs> you got to like, you're writing shit on your stomach, uh, said this, but I was listening to a bunch of podcasts, uh, comic book podcasts, trying to find DC ones in particular, just to see how we match up that sort of thing. And I, I noticed a trend of podcasts and you know what that trend is? What's that? Most people seem to like to talk to each other. I think that's where we differ, Eric, cause I hate your guts. Why you gotta be like that? Why? Why are you always nicer to me it's when not, the mic's not on? I just—I'm telling you, these people on these podcasts—it almost—I I can't say it sounds fake. I don't know these people, but man, the thing starts, and we always start with misery, and the misery keeps coming. These things—it's like uh, sunshine and rainbows. They're, oh my goodness! And, sunshine, and, oh yeah. Anytime anybody says anything remotely funny it's it's a laugh fest oh my goodness it's oh the people belly laughs going they they've never heard anything funnier so tonight eric i'm gonna do what everybody else does and i'm gonna enjoy your company and i'm gonna just think everything you say is great there's also i also noticed another trend is a lot of people are very proud uh to know things (laughs) they're like they they love to be experts and again I don't know if if we're better or worse, but man, we don't know much. I was gonna say we're right on front street with the fact that we don't know shit. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I don't know if that's our appeal that we're dummies who hate each other. I don't hate you. Oh well, well it's it's a one way street there then. Oh, that, that front street's one way, buddy. <laughs> uh, I have to admit that as the podcast gets closer and closer, I start dreading it. I do. I, I, that's the other thing. It seems like these people like love what they're doing. And I don't know if it comes off that I love doing this, but man, I hate it. I, I like hate, talking to you on Saturday nights. I hate nights. every set. Well, the other thing, though, that I have to say is in these other podcasts, it does seem like they only talk to each other during the podcast. So when they do get to talk to each other, it's like, oh, my goodness, it's like a long lost friend. I talk to you every minute of every day. Every minute. 12 at midnight, I'm talking to you. I wish you would stop. I want to get my sleep. I'm yelling. I'm outside your window with the radio above my head. You're just sitting next to me. <laughs> Close your eyes, Eric. Be quiet, Everything's Eric. okay. Oh, God. Hey, man. Just shut your eyes. My <laughs> voice is back. I love that I voice. I don't like it. You know, last uh, week I called out that anybody could uh, ask me to do impressions this week at Listener right. Mail. Only one person called me on. Of course, it's Rick. Thankfully. You know what that is, Eric? That's a transition into 
listener mail. All right. Listener mail. We're done with this intro segment. It's time to up the ante. We're going to get excited. Come on. I'm going to clap here for you. All right. I'm not going to get excited. Way to go, Eric. Way to go with that intro. All right. We got your mic. We're ready to go. And number one, the first email that we got is a return listener, Butterfly. Butterfly emailed us last week. What did Butterfly email us last week? Do you remember? Of course I don't remember. Yes, you do. Hashtag Jim's dad is dead. Oh, all right. That was Butterfly. Okay. Butterfly continues. And I guess Butterfly's a girl, but we're not going to go. I'm not going to make any judgments this week, Eric, because we're going to see. People did not like your judgments. Here we go. It was not judgments. (laughs) Butterfly gives us hashtag Jim's dad is still dead, which that is very true. Yes, yes. And hashtag Eric is awful. All right. Butterfly. Way to go. I'm going to do a lot of clapping tonight. See, I'm I'm the positive Jim. I'm positive. (laughs) Reggie, just... Deal with it. I'm going to be positive this whole episode. I think you're positive because what this mail entails. Oh, yeah, it's great. You know that the only thing that I like better than I don't know what. There is nothing better. There's nothing better than to see people hate you, Eric. Oh, God. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Whenever there's a nasty comment on the site or on Twitter, oh, my goodness. It's like, I feel dead inside. It's Christmas, Easter, my birthday, and the 4th of July all rolled up in the one. And you know what? That's tonight. Because the second email is from Gabe. Do you remember what Gabe wrote us last week? No, I do not. Yeah, because, see, you don't listen. See, I'm going to there, – there's another one. Here's the – actually, Gabe is the second. The second one's Jim. Hey, Eric, listen to the goddamn podcast once in a while, and you know what happened. That's the second email. The third one, okay. then, is Gabe, who says, I still want to get rid of Geek News. Also get rid of Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gabe was the one who we said last week when he said just get rid of Geek News. And we All said right. that, that was so to the point. Now, we're going to get to Reggie. Now, Reggie, like I said, he called me out, and he said, I told people if they want voices, I'm your voice man. I am my generation's rich little which, in fact, Eric, was Rich Little. So yes. here we go. He says, Jim. I don't think anybody knows who Rich Little is anymore. Rich Little was. Rich Little did one of the best uh, Johnny Carsons. Ronald Reagan's. That's so funny. That's a thing. We talked about this week at work. We were talking about things that are kind of uh, slipping out of the um, nowadays consciousness. Of Public whatever. Eye. Public Eye. One, one of the things we said were good and plenty, the candy, oh, yeah. which we said – Eat black licorice to both of us. We both think that that is a flavor that is it's, terrible. It's fading. Oh, I, I agree. It's terrible, but it's also fading from the the current. I I don't know that any young kid likes black licorice. Oh yes, the kid who was twenty today, he'd never even heard of them. I mean, yeah. no, not we didn't ask him today, but this week. Yeah, this week, a twenty year old never heard of it. Never heard of them. So, uh, but uh, I don't know what I was saying. Oh yeah, that. <laughs> It's a sad, sad thing to be an impressionist in a past generation. Like, there's got to be some old guy who was like a hit impressionist in the 50s, and everybody he's doing, impre- they're dead. Or was and, it Michael and, Winslow in the 80s? Well, Michael Winslow did. See, he was, he upped it a little because he did a lot of uh, mechanical sound effects. Sound effects. They don't get old. You know what gets old? Uh, Richard Nixon. <laughs> that voice or Johnny Carson I bet you you could ask anybody at our work and anybody under 25 has no idea who Johnny Carson is that's a shame it's crazy and now with uh, in the news Letterman ending his run it'll be 10 years everybody will forget him I was a big Letterman fan but 
Reggie says, please, Jim, read this in the voice of Vincent Price. <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, these, these impressions are going to last about uh, three, three words. I was going to say, I, I'm you, not we very talked good. To, we talked about this earlier. Did you work on your Vincent Price no, anymore? Okay. No. So here we go. I'm gonna, I have to channel myself. I'm thinking of the thriller video. <laughs> uh, and the only video I listened to of Vincent Price was uh, him doing The Raven. Right. Which, which was great. But here we go. Dear Jim, that you dislike when my, okay, I'm done. There you go. <laughs> that you dislike when non-sports fans wear sports logos on their clothing is a measure of your forthright and honest demeanor. That is true. You may be a soul-deflating, sheepish destroyer of people's hopes and dreams, but at least you are not delusional about it. You cruise through life in a pair of shorts, very true, and a likely yes. foul-smelling hat. Shorts smell pretty bad, too. With a chip <laughs> on your shoulder for anyone that has a smile on their face, and you own that shit. So, too... Should those who wear sports logos likewise be prepared to defend their choices? It's, I, I hate it. I hate when people wear anything and then you talk. <laughs> I'm telling you, even a shirt. And I'm not saying like somebody comes up to me and goes, hey, uh, how many employees does Nike have? I, oh, <laughs> I'm talking if you have uh, is somebody, it goes all walks of life. Somebody has an Avengers shirt and you go up and say, uh, hey, do you see that new Avengers uh, movie? I don't like the Avengers. They're like, you get that shirt off, buddy. And that guy's probably a, a big guy, too. Big belly <laughs> hanging out. But uh, I just, I don't understand where, y- usually when you put something on like that, it's, you have pride in that team. Or it, a lot of people put things on because they want conversations to start. I don't. But, no, you uh, don't like I'm telling people, you. And, and you never should. And I'm the worst. And I'm always. Anytime I go with it and say, you know what, I'm going to ask this guy about the Penguins. Never a fan. It's a guy who just, I don't know why he likes it. But uh, Reggie continues. This commercial, uh, oh, he also uh, said, being close to Philadelphia, I wonder if you call this commercial, which is a uh, uh, starter's commercial. This commercial evinces an early 90s trend for which you may have already been curmudgeonly enough to disregard. Matching your cap to your shirt to your sneakers. Uh, yeah, this commercial that he sent me is a commercial where these people are dancing around with, uh, you know, whatever logo of a team. They have the shirt, the hat, the sneakers, the pants, the underwear. It's ridiculous. To so do it's this, like the, the starter line of uh, like sports apparel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To okay, do this, so you said starters. I'm like, yeah, starters yeah, pub? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> to do this, people would wear near full uniforms of sports gear for any number of teams just in order to make a color match. I can remember seeing folks in full UNC Tar Heels or San Jose Sharks regalia, though the people wearing them cared little for either team or sport. Do you think this was an acceptable practice, giving the need to match with sneakers, or do you feel this was still fake in the funk? <laughs> I- I'll tell. Well, I'll continue, and then I'll give you my rant on that. Today, that you can get caps and T-shirts for every team in a variety of colors, so there's no excuse to be walking around a Kansas City Royal sweatshirt, but things were not the same in the early 90s. What is your take on this? Well, I have a couple takes on this. First off, I have a rule where you can't – two pieces of apparel with one team is enough. Like if you have a cap and a shirt, okay. You, you can't wear pants like those Zubas pants uh-huh. unless you're at the stadium. That, that can't – you can't walk around in those. Shoes are ridiculous, and if you wear all four things and underwear, you should just be – you should be taken away. Well, like I told you before, like uh, when I used to rock the Zuba Stripes and yeah. the uh, Flyers jersey, that's too much? Yeah, that's too much, unless you're at the game. If you're at the game, then you can almost say all bets are off because you could even go with little face paint. 
<laughs> I've never done that, but uh, the other thing I, I like to say, and I said this, and you got mad at me this week, any person over the age of 15 should never wear a jersey, I, unless you're at the game. Like, you have a Flyers jersey walking around, your old Lindros retro jersey. No. Yeah. If you're over 15, it, it looks ridiculous. And then you get to the point in my age where you're wearing jerseys from people who are 20 years younger. And then that's really ridiculous. The other thing I hate is... I like jerseys. I'm telling you, the other thing I hate, if I had a New York Giants football hat and an Eagles shirt on, just smack me. Smack me in the face. I'm saying, you obviously don't like it, but do you have a favorite jersey you like to wear, like a favorite style of jersey? Uh, You mean like like hockey jerseys? Baseball, hockey. No, hockey jerseys are the best. They're obviously the best because that's the ones that everybody has when they, you know, make a fake jersey. Right. Like freaking Kevin Smith's walking around with this goddamn fake uh, hockey jersey. So I've always liked the uh, rock and baseball jersey. Yeah, yeah, that's that's ridiculous too. What? (laughs) You're 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 too old for that, Eric. You look old. You you don't need that. You're not getting carded for beer and cigarettes anymore. It really upsets you, but keep that jersey off. It did on the um, day I went to Comic-Con. It really and, pissed and I, me off. And I threw you a softball there when I mentioned that I hate when people wear different teams yeah. in one, almost like in uh, Bloodsport, <laughs> when the young Jean-Claude Van Damme had the uh, Giants hat, the New York Giants hat, and the San Francisco jersey. I think that was the... Uh, that was the, the combo, best. right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was, that was so great. Uh, Reggie ends with mine with, anyway, you should give 3XL the money demands. We couldn't. No. 3XL's gone. He is gone, Eric. I, was, I wasn't going to mention 3XL. He's, <sighs> he's gone. Since he's the one with talent. Oh, well. Good job on stinking up the podcast universe. Yes, yes, we're very <laughs> happy with that. Or the podcast-averse, as it is never known. You know what else I, I realized, too? Every time I talk about uh, the podcast, I'll talk to Dan when I'm asking about the Geek News, when that's coming. Uh, That's about all. I don't really talk to people, but I think of things myself and talk to you. But when I listen to these other podcasts, I realize, and I knew this before, but everybody likes to call them the pod. Hey, we're we're back with another pod. Yeah, I don't like that. I hate that. See, I want to be positive tonight, and I'm getting negative again because I I hate that. I I can't stand it. Hey, Jim. What? Would you consider us two peas in a pod? <sighs> that was that's we're no, I wouldn't. Do Damn, peas man. do peas hate each other? I don't hate huh? you. you calm down. Love Reggie. Uh, now he goes, Jim, please now actually can we step back and just uh, you can thank me for that Vincent Price impression? <laughs> I sh- I was just gonna do one impression for everything. And then just say it was, but I, I couldn't keep it going. Now, Jim, here's the next one. Jim, please read this letter in the voice of Bronson Pinchot. Or is it Pin... Pinoche. It's weird. I wonder, because I never knew, and how Reggie... No, Pinoche ain't right. <laughs> no, how Reggie spells it, I think it's Pin... I always thought it was Pinchet. We're going to go Pinchet. Pinchot. Pinchot. In his role as Balky Bartakamus on Perfect Strangers. Okay. Let me get in the character. <laughs> Dear Eric, is that okay? America, sweetheart. I'm the, yeah, well, you went and stepped in it this time, didn't you, buddy? You use the F word. I don't mean the word fuck or fart or felch. I mean that really bad two-syllable F word that is so deplorable, I'm not even going to make Jim repeat it by typing it out in my letter. Thank you, Reggie. The word you used is also a synonym for bundle of sticks. While the context in which you used the word was arguably fine, 
You still must pray for forgiveness from the Tumblr lords and probably sacrifice one or two of your headbands. Uh, who am I kidding? Anyone in the monocom of self-respect or human worth figured you and Jim for total dirtbags long before you dropped that F word. This puts you in an enviable position of being able to say whatever you like, but in the unenviable position of nobody taking you seriously. What do you think of that? I feel you, really bad. You know what's weird? Reg, Reggie says this, and really, this week, we really took a hit on Tumblr. <laughs> I'm not joking. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I figured it was uh, Convergence doing it, but now I realize it was you. Yeah. Uh, well, Reggie continues while you sulk. I wonder why you and Jim are so against paying Indian internet personality Stephen Copper a modest fee for appearing on your podcast. Did we ever tell everybody what he wanted don't think I did. I don't know if we did. Because I or... didn't want to. He wanted two hundred dollars. American. American dollars, not that Canadian. He wanted American U.S. dollars. This dude is from India. You can pay him in rupees. <laughs> now Reggie's getting very uh, offensive. Didn't you say that Stephen Copper's real name might have been Sitting Bull? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I Currently, did. the exchange rate for, for rupees is sixteen one thousandths of a rupee of one American dollar. So you can pay Stephen ten bucks, and it'll be like you, like he got six hundred and forty rupees. Well, I'm sure this would cut into your and Jim's meager wages from the cardboard box factory. <laughs> didn't this? Didn't they go to the cardboard box factory and they thought that uh that Bart got uh, taken away? He got Best eaten by the machine. Ever. Yeah, because wasn't it that uh. His hat was on one of the boxes then, and then Homer grabbed the box like it was Bart. <laughs> think of the entertainment and internet famousness this could provide for the podcast. Frankly, I think you owe it to Stephen for that sitting bull guy from last week. I forgot he mentioned that. Oh, uh, yeah. The times are tough with the, the cardboard cutting box factory. I, I don't even know what I'm saying. I love that sitting bull. Keep up the good work, and by that I mean the horrible work, and by that I mean get a goddamn microphone because you sound like an elementary school principal rounding up the school children at recess. Love, okay, Reggie. Kids, come all in. Come there on you go. in. No, you hey, can't do no it anymore. Play over there. You can't do it anymore. You have a mic. Uh, and now the last one is for Dan. Dan, who um, I have to say after last week, Dan does not listen to this podcast. Not at all. He records that thing. He sends it out, and Godspeed, and <laughs> see you later because, man— I was really waiting for Dan to question things like, why did you read that stuff, and am I that bad? Nope, Dan instead started his own podcast. He'll talk about it in the, in the geek news coming up. Jim, please read this letter in the voice of Catherine Hepburn. And I, I want to do this because <laughs> this is like the one I can do, but I, I'm going to... Weren't you practicing Mae West this week? Yeah. Come up and see me sometime, big boys. Yeah, don't ever do that yeah, again. Yeah, you like that? How about I do... Dear Dan, I can't speak for the... <laughs> I like Mae West. Come on, somebody give me Mae West. (laughs) Dear Dan. See, this is my Catherine Hepburn uh, on Golden Pond. Dear Dan, I can't speak for the masochist mouth breathers who wrote in asking that Dan's Geek News be cut from the podcast, but allow me to register a positive vote for your segment of the show. I told you, Mae West sounds a lot like an early version and a female version of uh, Andrew Dice Clay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think Dan's Geek News is great, and your piece, oh, along oh. with Ryan Brightest Daycare Clarks, are all that is keeping Hickory, the weird science podcast from being declared hate speech by the federal government. Whew, I can't claim to be knowledgeable about every bit of your news, but I do appreciate the diversity, and hey, sometimes I learn something new. You know what uh, Reggie might have learned that one time when Dan told us that um, you, if you use the standard font on your resume, you're an old fuddy-duddy who doesn't get a job. Yeah. How about that? 
That's I actually why, found that quite interesting. I know. That's why it's called news. <laughs> Please don't be discouraged or feel you need to truncate Dan's geek news because if I have to listen to Jim and Eric go on disparagingly about what's happening in geek culture, I'm going to blow through my sinus cavity with a shotgun and I'll probably end up taking them with me. Jesus. Uh, you know what, Reggie? Please. I shouldn't have said our approximate area at the beginning of this. Do me a favor. Please put me out of my misery. My my family had a yard sale today. Oh, yeah. And and every time there's a yard sale anywhere, it just uh, lessens my hope for humanity uh, that much more. I hate people who go to yard sales. I hate yard sales. And I'm going to be positive, Eric. You don't like to dicker hey, Eric. How oh, are you doing, Eric? What's going on? Uh, There's my podcast talk. I don't like it. Hey, what's going on? Hey, hey you scared me a little. Come up and see me sometimes. <laughs> I told you not to do that no I'm more. I'm going to be the Jim Carrey now of things, everything, or the Robin Williams. I'm going nuts here. Oh, Jesus. All right. Well, I didn't mean that. All right. Keep up the good work. Love, Reggie. Now. That's Reggie's. Okay. Now I'm done with my voices. I hope everybody enjoyed the voices. I did not. I, I didn't either. The next email is from Tim. He says, oh, this is a good one, uh, Eric, but it's also negative, but in a different way. Tim says, after hearing talk about Puppet Master, I decide to give the first movie a try. It sucked, and Eric goes me two hours of my life <laughs> back. All right, Eric. What do you think of that? That guy. I not- think he, do- he didn't go in this movie properly. Now, I, I would like to know how old Tim is because Puppet Master at the time it came out was revolutionary in the fact that it was a movie made to be direct-to-video mm. with a large budget. You know how he, he went into it? He he put it on and hit play. And watched it. Yeah. And watched it. There you go. You can't give him a time machine to go back in time and, and think things. He's looking at it as a movie. I'm just saying, Puppet Master at the time, it may not hold up very well. Actually, I watched it in um, high def of, of probably last year. Mm-hmm. And and since it's like, you know, you could see everything now. I saw a lot of mistakes. Like yeah. you could see a hand actually moving a puppet. You could never see that in VHS back in the day. Well, that's what you get now. So that's but, what happens. Exactly. Like, but Puppet Master 3, go back and watch Puppet Master 3. It's probably the best in the series. He already wants two hours back. And I wouldn't push it. Uh, they are not two like hours. My, my kids. It's like my kids, um, when they watch, we watched, I believe it was Raiders of the Lost Ark. And my son said, this looks old. And your son's and, a communist. And remember I said, I thought that he meant the quality of the effects or whatever. And I thought, Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's, it's already set. It, you know, way back. So how can yeah. it, And he just meant that it looked like it was set way back, and he didn't want it. Yeah. He didn't like it. The next email. Did you disown him? No, I hit him. <laughs> you always ask me if I hit him, and I always say no. So there, I did. I smacked Jesus. him once. I said, "You shut your mouth and go make me a pot pie." And he didn't. And the, the my family left me. And I've Jesus. I've actually been lying all this time. I live alone. Uh, the next email is Harley Harl E says, can Eric offend any other people? Seriously, I like him, but I'm cashing in my Team Eric membership, and I'm now an official card-carrying member of hashtag Team Jim. Damn. You You just made Jim's week. You lost another member. I'm up to two. Yeah. Me, uh, Harley, and Joel. Joel, Joel did, I, I wanted to be on your the, team. Yeah, speaking of which, Joel did not uh, email us uh, this week, and that's Batman with Batman in a box? Batman with a box? With a box, I believe. I'm so used to calling him Joel now, his real name, so I always forget. But um, Joel didn't email because he sent me a note. He's like, man, I didn't think I'd cause that shit storm last week. <laughs> so he's keeping clear. He, he doesn't want anything to uh-huh. do with you right now. 
The next one uh, is from Tom. Tom is actually a uh, writes in a lot. Uh, he writes in a lot for us not to ever really mention Tom. But Tom, uh, we love you. And he says, I thought convergence was offensive. Eric, you, my friend, are living hate crime. Oh, my God. Yes. All right, Eric. Whew. Oh, I'm going to weep tonight. <laughs> I believe that's the end of the Eric hate emails because we have one now Actually. from Julie J. And Julie J. wrote us last week, and I somehow it completely slipped. We said we read everything. And this is actually a good question. Um, and I don't know why it didn't make the podcast, so we're going to do it now. I hope Julie J. didn't give us up when she didn't hear our question and you offended her with all your hate crime speech. Julie J. says, which of these convergence books do you recommend as the most new user-friendly? I know what I was going to I told you that a couple weeks ago or two weeks ago, whenever we got this, that uh, the one that I think is the most user-friendly would be Harley Quinn. Because, yeah, I had to agree with you. Because Harley's straight up fun, Har- and Harley's always Harley. Yeah, and really, you you have that book has uh, Captain Carrot and Pig Iron or whatever. They're just goofy little. You know, you really did you have to yeah. know who Captain Carrot is? Absolutely not. No, he's just a goofy little rabbit. He's a cartoon character. They got some cartoon physics going mm-hmm. on. Harley's Harley. It's just a bunch of fun. Jump in with that one. And um, after that, we talked about that on the podcast. And I, I'm telling you, I was like, I don't think that. Captain Carrot got poisoned at the end of that issue. And I told you, I read another review for it uh, afterwards. I, this is recently. I don't know why I was... I like to go and read other people's <laughs> reviews all the time. So I read that, and the person's like, oh, um, yeah, and it sucks because Captain Carrot gets poisoned and killed at the end. I'm like, really? I really did. I thought that he just... Harley said, oh, and not the poison, whatever. And it was like a joke, and he was like, oh, my God, my stomach's turning. Oh, you don't look so good. Yeah, I think that she straight up killed him. Yeah, that really bothered me. Yeah, you know what? It, it didn't bother me. You, never, you didn't get it? <laughs> oh, uh, no, I just I didn't care. He's dead. Goodbye, <laughs> Captain Carrot. No, that's a great issue. I bought you the first issue of the Zoo Crew. How can you be I like know. that? I really enjoyed uh, that Harley. There's probably some others that are um, newer user-friendly type thing. Um, not as much as Harley. And, man, I don't think any of them are this week. Because no, this week has a lot of crazy ones. But the last email of the night will be from Chisanga. Chisanga says, hey, Jim and Eric. You know, it's Jim's first. Yes. After Convergence 7, it's clear that the creative team of the main book has not read any of the tie-in book scripts because it was all over the place. Seeing as how the main title has been disappointing since the beginning and how all their DC events have ended recently, Futures and Worlds and Forever Evil, I do not expect this week's finales, or finale to satisfy me or anyone. Speaking of Forever Evil, is the tear in space from the event still in the sky? Because I feel that it was forgotten if, if it wasn't closed. Uh, can you enlighten me on that, Eric? I wish I could. You sent this to me. I was going to look it up, but I ran out of time. But I do not remember this tear. I know that the uh, there was a – trying to think here. Power Rings Ring sent out a signal, and that's all I could think of what a tear. I, it reached, thought, uh, I actually thought that we had looked at it, and it reminded us of the uh, the tear the, in the, the Doctor Who. Doctor Who, yeah, Doctor I Who. That, but I, I don't really recall this this tear. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know if DC is any. Uh, you know what they usually do. It's still out there. <laughs> just, I'm saying, well, just exactly. I'm saying we still have Superwoman, like you know, in captivity, all pregnant and so. So I I don't know. Yeah. Well, the the other last thing I wanted to ask is what you guys think of the DCU campaign. You know this campaign? It's at the back of every book this week, and I know you did read them, did you? 
No, I didn't. No, yeah, it's basically, and, well, he spells it out more specifically. More specifically, how they claim to have a book for every DC fan. That's basically it. I know that. Yeah, well, that's in the, at the end of all the books, it has these, uh, like, DCU, we've got it all. You got this and you got that. And then it, it gives you a lot of uh, things. I'm looking right now. Uh, it says, uh, the new universe, are you ready to laugh? And then it has Harley and Bizarro uh, and a comment by Amanda Connor. Uh, you got, are you ready for action? And it has, you see the new Batman suit, you see Damien, uh, Wonder Woman, uh, Green Lantern, Justice League, that's that one. Then you have, are you ready to hashtag this? And then I threw up <laughs> because it's Gotham Academy and Batgirl. Really? Yeah. That's actually in there. Oh, yeah. I'm not that's joking. Terrible. And Prez. And then are you ready for the future, which has uh, Batman Beyond and the Omega Man. And Dan Jurgens giving his little thing that, here's Dan Jurgens. I'll do it in his voice, his quote. Eric Shea from Weird Science DC Comics blog.blogspot.com can go to hell because this is what he's going to have to deal with. I make the future, not him. Suck it. What do you think of that? And then I at the end there. I think it's bullshit. At the, at, at the, did you read the, the um, Batman Beyond preview yet? No, I just went off of what we talked about yeah. before. With I, it. I don't think you're going to like it. I, I, yeah, I, I actually read it. and it's I, I think it's pretty cool, but... Uh, it's it's weird. I listen to another podcast, and uh, they're talking like, "Did you see this preview? Man, that was a twist." I'm like, "Whoa, what's what's the twist? Oh, that's cool." So I, I reread it, thinking I missed something. Yeah, the twist. It's Tim Drake. It's not a yeah, twist. That's not a twist. That mm. is common knowledge for anybody who read Futures and going. Oh, you're calling them out, aren't you? You just Whoa, called com- them out. You know what podcast that was? Dan DeDio's podcast. It's called DeDioing It Up. Really? No. It That'd was, be awesome. It was just some crazy podcast. Um, but do you think they have uh, a book for every fan, every DC fan? I think they're alienating a lot of the DC fans with the two books they're putting out for everybody. Yeah, that, that's the problem. I, I think they're doing what I said that I really hate. It's the um, we're going to try to please. I, I, you're doing, I don't know, fool me once and I, I forget what I was going to say. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. This is why I have to listen to those other podcasts so I know how to be professional. Now, it reminds a, me of when I was a kid working at Regal Cinema and I told that lady you can't please everybody. Yeah. It almost got me fired. Yeah, you did. She wanted It was too cold in that theater, Eric. What, is, what the hell am I supposed to do? I was a fucking usher. I was 16 years old. You used the thermostat. You helped the old lady. The poor old lady. It was too cold in that theater. Sometimes, the those, theater, sometimes those theaters are cold. Yeah, sometimes she should have brought a sweater. Sometimes the shit's playing too loud. That lady's dead now, Eric. And you oh, know God. what? You're a jerk. You're offending me now and every old person out there. Now, uh, what I was going to say, it's, it's one of those where you're trying to please so many people and you end up just screwing everyone because I, I don't know what they're doing. I really don't. They want to get um, younger kids involved, but younger kids know better than to be pandered to by this crap. Yeah. And... Um, Hopefully I'm wrong. I, I'm just saying there's a certain co- couple books that are done by some creators that don't like us, that I'm not a big fan of. But that, it's weird because those books, and I'm talking about Batgirl, uh, Gotham Academy, that sort of thing, um, that's the stuff I usually really like. Yeah. And it's, I don't know what's going on. I don't know, Eric, but you know what I do know? It's, what, man? <laughs> it's time for Dan's Geek News. Oh, is it? Thank yes, God. Yes. We're off with all this hate. Yep, the hate is gone. We're going to go to Dan's Geek News. He, he's going to wash over us with his... Maybe I uh, could cheer the hell up now. His talk. Did you, I sent you Dan's Geek News. You listen to that? 
Oh, no, I didn't. No. See, I was going to talk a little about what he said and did, and you didn't listen to it as you I was going to. I'm telling you, I was working on it. I don't know what preparation you you do for this, but it's pitiful. It is pitiful. Well, maybe if you gave me the email, I could check it out through there. He sends it to my normal email. He doesn't doesn't send it to the weird science email. He sends it to my personal one. Dan gets a direct line right to me. Then I put it on the (laughs) Dropbox. Could there be anything easier? I put it on the Dropbox and said, hey, it's on the Dropbox. Listen to it so we can uh, talk about it. When we when we get going, nope, nope, not for Eric Shea. It's too tough. But yeah, the um, I, I like his news this week. He's got right. a little bit of uh, stuff going on. He talks about his new podcast that he started. Um, I sent him um, I sent him questions uh, for his podcast Beta Pod, <laughs> and uh, one of them was how the hell can you afford to go to Cancun, and another one was how the hell can you afford to have a freaking Apple Watch because he's on his Twitter. Just bitching and moaning that his Apple Watch hasn't sent yet. I, I, I don't know what's going on with that guy. He, he got in a car accident. For, next thing you know, he can't afford comics. He's going to Cancun. He has a freaking Apple Watch. Ay, ay, ay. Do those uh, commercials for the Apple Watch make you want to get one? I've never seen one. You've never seen one? No. Oh, my God. They're on all the time, it seems like. Know. And they really just seem pointless to me. I know on his, um, in his podcast thing, he was talking about that one of the security guards or somebody at his work has an right. Android watch and has a uh, web browser on it, and he thinks that's nonsense because who would want to browse the internet on a watch? What else are you going to do with a watch? I'm telling you. What's you know what I like to do with a watch? I like to tell time. And maybe, uh, no, you I don't, don't know. You can use your phone for that. Yeah, well, that, again, I don't have a watch. What are these watches coming back? When was the last time you wore a watch? Oh, I had an awesome watch. Um, my grandmother from England came to visit us. would have been around 86, and she <laughs> got me a watch. That was silver, and it was blocky, an LED watch, and it looked like a Cylon. It was so cool. And the, <laughs> the problem was it also had this, like, silver band. Right. And she went home. My grandmother and grandfather went back to England, and probably by the time they landed, my skin was turning green from this goddamn watch band. <laughs> so I tore the watch band off and just kept it in my pocket, and I pulled it out. And it was Nobody thought it was cool. Nobody at all. You thought it was cool, and that's all I, that matters. I man. loved it. It was so cool, this Cylon watch. It wasn't a Cylon watch, but I, I tried to um, make it. You big Cylon fan? No, I was never real big in the Battlestar. Yeah, I, I was uh, the original. I yeah, really I'm saying, I it. watched a bit of that growing up. Like I tried to get in the new one, yeah. and it was just too overdramatic. For yeah, me. I, I like I like the new one too, but it just there were so many episodes, and they're an hour long. I can't keep <laughs> up. I can't keep up with that stuff. Uh, <laughs> I never watched the uh, Battlestar uh, 1980. I never right. saw that that second go around. I, yeah. uh, you know what was weird is because um, Lauren, uh, not Lauren Michaels, Lauren Green, who played right, Donna, that yeah, he um. He looked really crazy. I don't know. I didn't like his outfit in that Battlestar. <laughs> That's the only reason I didn't watch it. I thought he looked weird. Yeah, I never watched 1980. Yeah, I didn't either. But you know uh, who probably didn't either? Dan. Dan likes his, um, um, what's his name? Kevin Smith. Big Kevin Smith fan. I, don't know. I like Kevin Smith. Yeah, he, he's a big fan. Big fan boy. <laughs> he liked, right. He's modeling that podcast after Kevin Smith's. Uh, is he going to start wearing hockey jerseys? He probably. I I bet you he wears hockey jerseys. Hockey jerseys is the uh, when you're walking around with a hockey jersey, you immediately to me look like you're hiding a gut. That's what I think hockey jerseys are for. Is that simply because of Kevin Smith or before <laughs> I, that? I think it is. And even those freaking guys in the insane clown posse that you like, they they look like chunky guys to me. That one guy at least. 
Well, he was. Yeah, and he that wore is and he wore a hockey jersey, right? He bunch was, of jerseys. He was hiding. Yeah, a bunch because he he had to put like layers on. The guy was a big man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I hate those guys. Oh, the <laughs> hate continues. You know what we're gonna do now? We're gonna go to Dance Geek News. All right, Dance Geek News. Hello, Weird Science. Dan here coming at you with all of your latest geek news for the week. This is going to be an abbreviated edition of this segment because, unfortunately, this week has been very hectic, combined with being pretty slow for news, nothing super major. However, my favorite subject of all time made it into the news again. That's right, Suicide Squad. Uh, It started out with a couple of small leaks of uh, video footage taken by fans looking out their window while Suicide Squad was filming. And it eventually culminated in uh, a higher quality version of that video being released as well as some HD photos that give us a look at the Joker in Suicide Squad alongside Harley Quinn and Joker has those fucking tattoos. That's right. Those tattoos that we were told were just a promotional image are here to stay, and I don't like it. Uh, I've made this very clear that I am not a fan of this decision. Um, However, I am willing to give Jared Leto the benefit of the doubt for the time being, because I have seen him move as the Joker. I haven't heard the voice yet. The voice is going to be the make it or break it at this point. I don't like the physical appearance of the character, but I do like the physicality of the character. So, if the voice turns out to be good, Jared Leto's Joker could be saved in my eyes. Uh, He was actually spotted on set filming a scene with Margot Robbie that looked like a flashback sequence where you got to see him with Harley Quinn. Uh, Harley pulls a gun on him. He punches her. It's it's very uh, out there stuff, but it's still something. Slowly but surely, Suicide Squad is getting pieced together. So pretty much on opening night, we're just going to see what order things are actually going to be going in. Uh, Spider-Man has been in the news, and uh, this was actually a rumor that's been making the rounds. But I heard the rumor, I saw this, and I could get behind this. Um, Supposedly, rumor has it, Matthew McConaughey is being looked at for the role of Norman Osborn in the new uh, Spider-Man film that's being made as a joint venture between Marvel Films and Sony. Matthew McConaughey is not my favorite actor in the world, but I, I could definitely see him playing Norman Osborn, especially after the last couple of Normans we've had. Actually, the Norman in uh, Amazing Spider-Man, I think it was Amazing Spider-Man 1. That was some weird, freaky-ass shit. But, it's in the past. Uh, Willem Dafoe will always be my favorite Norman Osborn. But if they were to give McConaughey the role, I could get behind that. Uh, They still haven't confirmed who's playing Spider-Man yet. There's been some talk that the kid from Ender's Game is going to be playing that role. Uh, But we'll see. Spotify has announced that they are expanding. Uh, This is no doubt an attempt to compete with Apple. Uh, Those of you who listen to this show regularly have heard me report that Apple uh, was asking Spotify to eliminate their free tier because they didn't want competition uh, for their streaming service. Well, Spotify is fired back by launching video and podcast support. Now, there's only a handful of shows uh, that are out via podcast right now. I know Today in iOS, which is a podcast I enjoy listening to, is one of them because Lipson is one of their uh, partner, launch partners. And they're going to be expanding this content throughout the course of the next couple of months into the summer. Uh, there's going to be video content. And here's a particularly cool one for runners. You're actually going to be able to tell it that you're running. It's going to detect your BPM, and then it's going to give you music based on your tastes that fits in with that. So that actually seems really cool. That could actually be something to get me exercising again. Uh, But we'll see. 
Kevin Smith's Yoga Hosers this week is going through its final mix. Uh, and then that's going to start making its rounds to distributors. Uh, I'm excited for the film. It's the sequel to Tusk. I just did a review of Tusk over on my blog, 1138 Geek Confessions. Uh, if you'd like to read that, if you're not familiar with Tusk. And then once Yoga Hoses comes out, that means Smith can start the road to Moose Jaws. Now, the road to Moose Jaws is, of course, blocked by Mallrats, the sequel to Mallrats. And uh, he actually recently did a Q&A with the fans at Atlantic City Boardwalk on, and I had the honor of attending his panel. He talked about uh, mall rats, or mall brats, I should say, and where they were going to film. Apparently, as of now, they're looking at filming in Pennsylvania because they found a mall, and I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, but he's going to be releasing this Q&A later on as a podcast. And the mall is getting ready to do major renovations at the end of the year where they're actually going to be destroying a part of the mall so that kind of fits in with how he's ending Mallrats. So it's the perfect location for him to film at. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, you'll know exactly where this is going if you didn't already catch on. Uh, Facebook Messenger, or I should say Facebook, has announced that they're going to be adding games to their Messenger service. Uh, that's not something I'm looking forward to. Uh, I was kind of hoping that the days of Facebook notifications due to games was behind us. Apparently it is not. Uh, apparently we still have to deal with it going forward, and now it's going to be invading our Messenger app. We should have known when Facebook forced everybody to download the Messenger app that this was going to be a thing down the road. And Michael B. Jordan, who is playing Johnny Storm in the new Fantastic Four movie, has responded to the criticism of them casting a black man in the role of Johnny Storm. Now, I'm not racist. But I wasn't thrilled with this casting choice at the beginning. Uh, not because he's a black man. But because I have a preconceived vision of what the Fantastic Four should be. Now, I know Stan Lee is behind Michael B. Jordan. I know a lot of the people at, I believe it's Fox, are doing this one, are behind him. Uh, Marvel is not so much behind this film. Uh, they have recently ended the Fantastic Four comic book series as a way to not give the film free promotion. Uh, but Michael B. Jordan, he spoke out, and he basically said, this film is about four people, uh, me, my adopted sister Sue, and two other people, and we're forced together, and we're, 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 we're forced to come together and join together into a group and look past our differences, and that's what this film is about at the end of the day. And I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to see the film, see how it is. If the film is good, hallelujah. If the film isn't good, Okay, then, they tried. Eventually, the rights will revert to Marvel, and then we'll have the Fantastic Four in the MCU. Now, uh, the last little piece of news, and this is partially news, partially a plug. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash danstransky. Uh, you know about my blog, 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com. But now, I've added another medium upon which I can speak with you. I've launched my own podcast. Think of it as a spinoff of Weird Science while Weird Science is still on the air. And it is Betapod. I host it over on SoundCloud through their free podcasting program. Uh, and I put the episodes up on my blog. So if you actually go to bit.ly slash Betapod2, you can listen to the most recent episode of that. Now, I want you guys who are listening out there to help me out because my podcast is new. I'm not asking you to go listen to it. That's going to be entirely up to you. But if you guys are on Twitter, uh, shoot me a tweet. 
at Dan Stransky, include the hashtag Betapod. Ask me a question about geek culture. You know, shoot me a topic you'd like to hear me talk about, uh, because I'm definitely looking for listener interaction when it comes to these things, and it is new. So, of course, right now I only have stuff from Jim and potentially Eric, who I am in the process of strong-arming into sending me some stuff. Um, So please, be sure to check that out. That's my new podcast where I'm going to be going over uh, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, I'm actually going to give you guys here at Weird Science a little sneak peek about what I'm going to be talking about in the next episode. I'm going to be touching on uh, The Simpsons, the new season renewals, as well as the departure of Harry Shearer and what I really think of that, uh, which was also a news story that I started to talk about a little bit last week. Uh, I'm going to be talking about a review of the Blu-ray of Tusk. And, of course, I'm going to be reading listener feedback. So, until next time, this is Dan signing off. I'm going to send it back over to Jim and Eric. Hi, I'm Jim Warner. Please say you'll be the answer for two middle-aged podcasters suffering right now. Two losers who need your help. Please go to weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com or go to iTunes and leave any sort of feedback. For just a couple of clicks, you can rescue them from obscurity, provide medical care, shelter, and love. Well, maybe not all that, but it will make them feel all warm inside knowing you care. Once again, go to weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com or leave some feedback in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get this podcast. Please, won't you help? And we are back, Eric. All right. Welcome back. Did you have a good break there? Yeah, I peed real good. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Sounds good. I'm here with America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And Eric, how are you feeling tonight? Well, I'm feeling all right, Jim. All right. All right, all right. Eric. Oh, 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 you're so funny. Oh, goodness <laughs> gracious. Oh, Molly. I don't know. What do people yell? Oh, uh... Shazam. Shiver me timbers. Uh, I want to tell you, Eric, you know what we're a member of now? What's that, baby? The Comics Podcast Network. Oh, the Comics Podcast Network. That's right, Eric. We're on the Comics Podcast Network. And you know what that is? It's a network of comics podcasts. And you could go there and see all sorts of podcasts like ours and other people's at uh, comicspodcast.com. And again, this sounds like a commercial I'm doing, but it isn't. (laughs) It's just where a bunch of guys, you know, it's almost like, uh, you know, a force of many trying to take over the Internet. Somehow they've let us on it. I beg them to be on it, Eric. Over and over, I kept emailing them and sending them messages. And fin- <laughs> finally, they uh, succumbed to us and let us go on. We'll let you on if you stop emailing us. Yeah, I think that's what it was. They did want emails. It's like the guy from Comic Book Roundup. He's like, Jesus Christ, not another email from this guy. Can't this guy just wait? <laughs> I, I can't wait. I put up a review, and if it's not up, I'm, I'm mad. And I tell you to wait. Be well, patient. And, and Again, though, I would like to use that as a... Um, a compliment to me, only because a lot of times why that happens is because a new book comes out and nobody else knows about it. I'm the first to do it, and then I get mad because it doesn't show up. <laughs> Which, um, another thing this week, we're going to talk about the books now. This is the book section of the podcast, Eric. But did you yes, know that the, um, what was that 
goddamn movie that we thought was uh, Mad Max Fury Mad Road. Mad Max, yeah. There's, there's the comic did come out this week, which you told me you were gonna uh, review it, but we're not going to, are we? I have no idea. I, I don't. I, the time has come and gone. <laughs> I don't. It care. came out this week. I thought. Yeah, it did. Well, if you want to do it, uh, we'll get it, and I'll send it to you, or I'll give you the code. All right, cool. That? You want to do great. that? You want me to? You're going to actually put it up? You still haven't done that Man of Steel from last week. People, <sighs> people are yelling for that. And they're also, uh, this week on the site, a lot of people are looking for Mortal Kombat reviews. They had to go back a long time. They and, found Mortal Kombat X1 yeah, and a couple did. others. They did. But uh, you know what we're going to talk about now are books that came out this week. All right. And you're up, as usual. You always have that big event book, don't you? Well, you don't want to take them. I have that you get control. scared. Uh, I had Batman Eternal, but we never put that first. I, I always shoehorn that in the back end of the podcast when we did that we'd always start with like a future's end and world's end and world's end we'd always start with you i like to hear you get going you get me into the mood Ooh. You, know, you always get me in that mood <laughs> what are we talking about we're talking about convergence number seven written by jeff king and scott liddell with art by aaron lapresti mark morales and peter steigerwald yep convergence continues and the giant fight that we've been waiting for finally happens but only briefly, as Deimos kicks Telos's ass and Parallax comes to pick up his slack. That's right, Hal Jordan destroys Deimos, but with no vessel to contain the power of the Time Masters, the energy shoots out of the planet Telos and looks at like it kills everyone in the New 52 universe who came to see the planet enter their reality. All except for Superman and Supergirl, that is. Did did this confuse you at all, like uh, Jasanga was saying? Uh... I know it, it. It confused me a bit only because they threw so much at us this week. Uh, I'm I'm paging through it right now, and even just the panels—they're cool. The panels where there's eight Martian Manhunters and there's all these Supermen, Superman, which we haven't even seen yet in this. And super—I just think that they ended up throwing so much at us that by the end it just ended up being confusing anyway. Like they tried to be on a larger scale than they actually could by throwing a bunch at you with no real meaning? That and also the fact that it really seemed like they had to rush things to get done. <laughs> they only have one more issue left and they weren't going anywhere. Now all of a sudden it's like, okay, the Oracle's falling apart. There's, oh my God, he's falling apart. No, reality is. And, dun, oh dun, dun. And then I laugh because again... On that page at the end, there is Jediah. <laughs> He's like right I'm up like, in your what face. What is going on? And again, I mentioned to you when I first read it, and you hadn't read it yet. And I'm like, just wait till you see who they throw in this week. And it's uh, Apollo and the engineer from yep. Stormwatch. Where, where are they deciding these characters to be involved? The not word... that that's, that's not that awful. No. It's just why pick them? Well, the worst why? part is I would have liked to see him because it looks like they were hurt doing something. Yeah, yeah. We it's never saw hurt. what that was, no. but they're just there. None of the rest of the Stormwatch crew, just Apollo and the Engineer. Yeah. And yeah, they apparently... Apollo, they're both they're both out they're unconscious. Yeah. They're Superman's out. saving them from something that we never get to see. No, and then he no. brings them back and we see that where last week I thought it like Maybe it was just a mistake they put all these characters in, or it was just the worst possible yeah. choice of characters. Oh, I was going to get to that right after you were done. Oh, because I was saying though, because we had a bunch of characters that were already dead in the main continuity, mm -hmm. and they brought them back for this. And like, there has to be a reason. This could not be this epic of a mistake. It appears to be. It appears to be. And uh, again, you get a lot of time. You have a way this week where okay, there they are again. There's Zillia Socks. Yes. 
and you're waiting for somebody to go, wait a second, <laughs> you're dead. No, he, isn't, he even has a speaking line. Yeah. Uh, and basically tells Guy Gardner that, why do we have to stay with these humans? And you're like, Celia, shut up, you're dead. Which is but, even odder that he's talking so, to Guy. I'm telling you, like you said, it's either a plan or a major mistake, and I'm telling you it's a mistake. And how unlucky can you be? You have the whole DCU. You have to pick characters. Now, what I said to you, the only way I can explain it is they said, listen, you have to have some characters around that don't mean anything. They're, these are throwaway characters. They, they, you can throw them in there. Nobody's going to question you because they're so obscure and out. Nope, they pick a bunch of dead guys that were, were popular. Not that, that Jediah Cole was ever popular. We liked him. Yeah. But Zillia Sox. That guy, he, he Yeah, Scalix. Zillia Sox, though, was huge. Uh, during Charles Soule's run of Red Lanterns, people, that was the My main, favorite they, character. They loved them. Yeah. Um, I do want to say that uh, this issue starts a trend with me a little where there's a little bit of a, a when um, Apollo gets back. When Superman brings Apollo, there's a nice butt shot there of Apollo, by the way. <laughs> it continues later where, where in, uh, Dick Grayson has one of the biggest butt shots ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. It's so crazy. Uh but in this issue, you get a big spread where you see the battle going on in Telos. And I'm telling you, it's awesome. That's yeah. the, the great. You see That's so all I've wanted from this event. And, uh, but like you said in your little thing, it, it's too brief. You only get a couple pages. Then you go back and Telos is all crazy. <laughs> and um, then Parallax, Green, uh, Hal, just decides to just mess shit up and, and looks like he's going to ruin everything. And I don't know. It it is confusing though because there's just there's so much rushing to get done and nothing explained. See, I, I don't and, know if this is true or not, but we're gonna go with this. So like we have these crazy ideas what goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, they paired Scott Liddell to help Jeff King out with the ins and outs of what's been going on in the DCU. Yeah, he got pissed off that they hired somebody outside of the comics first to write this. Um. I, I told you this theory. I think that uh, this is our conspiracy theory. Yeah. But I think that all of them are screwing around. Anybody who's there to help uh, Jeff King is giving him wrong information. So they never hire somebody outside. Because the reason they hired Jeff King was to make a story that everybody could get into. That we're going to hire a guy who is not a normal comic book writer, in, in, at least in our DC universe so that a newcomer coming in knows what they can write to get these people in. And instead, it's really getting messed up. And I I can't say that I think that Jeff King has done a bad job. I think that whoever's set him up to do this did a horrible job. Yeah. Like, and, and where are the copywriters who are supposed to get the And the editors. The editors who should know, or at least they, they have to have a continuity guy. I always say that. that Script they supervisor? They don't. Yeah. Just, I know that I, I heard way back that the um, uh, LucasArts had guys for the books and all that. So if, if I'm writing a, a Star Wars, one of those old Star Wars uh, continuity books, right. and I'm writing uh, the, the Return of Multiple Jedis, I, I can't come up with a book, <laughs> of a book. I'm awful. But uh, if I have a question at 3 a.m. in the morning because I'm up writing, I have a number I can call and say, hey, um, if I say that Yoda was 12 and he bought some beer, can I do that? No, he, he wasn't. Allowed. They, they have that. 
does DC not have anybody who somebody can call and say, hey, uh, by the way, I'm going to throw these characters in the Zillia Sox guy who looks like a testicle. Can I do that? No, you can't. He's dead. Oh, okay. I'll move on. Yeah. I have many characters. Like I said, they, they had to pick characters that didn't mean much. or They, they did fine with the uh, JLU. Right. The JL, JLU's, JLU's fine being there. It's fine. How about find out 10 Green Lanterns that aren't dead? Mm-hmm. Don't go for the Guardians. Don't, don't go for Jedi Cole. <laughs> don't say like, oh, that book's canceled, so that means I can use these <laughs> characters and nobody will get upset. No, they're dead. And Jedi Cole died horribly. Oh, dare. oh that was worse. Yeah. I, I could not believe it. I actually had to go back and read the ending again once that came out. And I'm like, oh my god, they actually just killed him off because yeah. the series was over. Yeah, the series was over. Remember, they made it seem like because uh, of the game show aspect of Threshold that it was like the network had canceled him. And it was kind of a meta thing about a book being canceled yeah. as well. Uh, it was pretty good, but uh, this issue was not that yeah. great. Yeah, well, I'm saying with, with this issue, we got more mistakes like I was talking about with the continuity of characters being there, but... Last issue, we had Guy Gardner, Red Lantern, which is bad enough because Guy's not a Red Lantern anymore. But in this issue, we see that he's a Green Lantern now. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and basically, you say he's not a Red Lantern anymore, and he's nothing. No. He's not a Lantern at the moment. Now, again, you can tell me this happens here, there, and everywhere, um, but it's just... It doesn't bring Zillius and Scouts back to life. No, it does not. It does not. And again, like you said, I want to see what happened to Stormwatch. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I told you the last thing we saw of Stormwatch was them in Future's End. Right. So after Stormwatch, the book got canceled. Um, they were in Future's End then. And for some reason, I was thinking of that Stormwatch, like the Future's End right. version. Obviously, it wasn't them. But uh, yeah, there they are. I'm looking at it now. And, and this whole thing with... Uh, the Telos coming into our universe. Well, I was just going to say, I never brought that up last week on the podcast, or even in my review, but here, for some reason, it was very, like, you know, right in my face wondering why. We're, yeah. Telos, why is the planet coming through to that reality? No, there's no explanation, either on Telos or in the Prime Universe. It just doesn't make any sense. And it, and it even says that it, it's certainly affecting everything. At the beginning, it opens up with a cyborg saying that every clock on Earth just stopped. Yeah. And the temporal and NMR, uh readings are off the charts, and it's just like, man, it's really screwing things up. I, I don't understand. I, I really, I would love to tell you that I'm positive and hopeful that the <laughs> next issue is going to do stuff and I'd like make to everything work out. Um, I, I can't say that's going to be the case. I, I don't. What do you give this? Oh, I'm not done with that yet. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. We are given so many things that I just don't understand in this issue. Like I said, with the uh, the continuity with the characters, mm-hmm. why Telos is actually coming through to that reality. And then when Deimos is fighting Parallax and he tells him to die, he yells die so ferociously that everybody like outside, like in the New 52 universe, hear him. And when they hear him, like we have Superman, Supergirl, and Martian Manhunter featured when they hear him. And they see versions of themselves throughout the history of the DC like comics history. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. No explanation. I don't, I don't even know that they really see it. I, and, I know well, they said, do you see that? But I think it was the word die. I'm sorry, <laughs> I see I, the die or the vapor coming out in the explosion. Because when he says die, it comes out like a explosion that looks like it hit the oracle. And I just think this other thing is like supposedly like, oh, my God, it's affecting every version of them. There, I don't. It doesn't, well, no, afterwards, they, it looks like they're saying it because they say to one another, did that seem familiar to you? I'm like, it is all you three. Come on. Yeah. It is obviously you three looking different at some point in time. Yeah. 
I don't know. To me, it looked like it was like they were looking at the explosion. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I did like the fight scene like we were talking about, though. And uh, I love the art in this issue. Everything looked great. Yeah, the art was awesome. If only the story were better, I, you know, it could have been a great issue. But the story has been lacking since the beginning. Actually, I really liked issue zero. But issue zero was written well after the series was finished. Yeah, I, I don't, I just, I'm, I'm starting to, again, we're going to be talking all this time about these books, and I'm really starting to get the uh, convergence fatigue. We talked about it last, last week. Boy, this, this event is really starting to drag on the me. The burnout and factor. It is, it's, and, and uh, part of it are the tie-ins that follow kind of the same formula, even yeah. though there's a, there's a bit of a mix-up of that this week. There's some good uh, differences this week, but there's, still. There's some really, like, not, like, um, it's like uh, two of the writers of these books of the tie-ins were cheating off each other's tests when they were writing this. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, but, everything kind of goes down the line. And, and this book, though, is just like, you have all these characters, and all of a sudden, um, I don't know. All of a sudden, there's Lex and there's Huntress, and it just—it's like you're like, what is what's going on? I—I I know, it just I don't have any ties. Like, who's your favorite character in Convergence? Um, I don't know. Off the top of I head don't right have now. one. I don't have one. It's just a bunch of guys thrown together. There's not a good enough narrative around them for me to say, man. I—I I mean, I—I I might even go uh, Hal Jordan. Yeah, that's what like, I was thinking. Because man, he's kicking ass. At least he's doing something. But the other guys, they're just, it's just a bunch of, it's a mess. I, I can't say like, oh, and also, who do you think is winning this event? But we're, we're one week away. The readers. You would, <laughs> yeah, you always say that. But yeah, I, I don't even get the idea of like, oh man, you know, these people better catch up because this, it, it doesn't matter. Because three issues in, we found out that the whole contest had been done. Yeah. And it just ended up, uh, it's just nonsense. I. I know I say that a lot, but man, it's it is. And then I, I I'm looking through this and just shaking my head. I, I don't know anything else about that. You're because man, I I hope next week is better. So do I. It's a fi- finale. It's really. What did you did you give this? I'm gonna guess you gave this a five eight. A five point eight. Yeah. Yeah, five point eight out of ten. Yeah, yeah because, because you... I told you it would be a six, and you wanted to prove me wrong. No, I gave it what I thought. Yeah, I, I uh, now that I I've read it a couple times and looked at it right now, I I might even go like four. It's just I I, like I really like the, the art battles and the battle. Well, yeah, the art the art is really good. The art is really good throughout. But yeah, uh, it's a it's a downer. Whew, <laughs> gee, let me shake off that convergence business and get on to the next convergence book. Which is Convergence Batman and the Outsiders number two. Written by my man Mark Andreco, art by Carlos Danda and Gabe Altieb. When did Mark Andreco become your man? He has always been my man, Eric. He's been my man since Batwoman and Batwoman. <laughs> After a brief and bizarre OMAC backstory, we see the Outsiders get their powers back and get the band back together. Mark Andreco follows up a character fueled first issue with a long battle that may follow the whole Convergence formula but left me wanting more. I still want a Batman the Outsiders book, but I'd rather it be more in line with the first issue of this tie-in. Ah, I was really looking forward to this book. So was I. And I liked it enough. I just think that it was a missed opportunity again because you get this this first issue was so much about character and finding out all about these guys and girls, and then the, they get their powers back, and it's a darn long battle with omac it's about what you get yeah 
And um, again, I, I can't even say that the battle itself wasn't um, uh, satisfying. It's just not what I wanted. I wanted more. I Black Lightning, he is in this book basically for like two seconds, it seems. This was a movie. Yeah, he got no play. He'd be able to film his scenes in two seconds. Mm -hmm. He gets his powers back, looks all badass and cool. One guy calls him Mr. Lightning. <laughs> I like that because, hey, Mr. Lightning, you feel good? I feel good, son. And then he goes off, and then basically nothing. Um, but the most disappointing was Metamorpho where you get this whole thing in this first issue where he is so happy that this dome is up. He is a guy, he can, uh, his girlfriend and him, he's not this crazy walking freaking cesspool. <laughs> and then the, the dome comes down, and right away in this issue, he burns his goddamn girlfriend because unfortunately they were at the bathtub. And she says she's all chat. right. Her arm is she's fucked okay. up. Yeah, and she's not all right. So then he goes off. They get this fight, and at the end, they're like, hey, Batman's like, hey, I know it sucks. You know, and he's like, them's the breaks. Like, what, what went on? And, and also, at the end, what was the whole thing with Metamorpho and Omac? Dude, I have no idea. I was going to ask you and hope you knew. I was so confused. I have no uh, idea what was going on with that scene. At yeah. points, I thought maybe he's going to become Omac. But then I also thought it was like, okay, he, he realizes that Omac and him were kind of a lost soul yeah like the, shit, the kindred they, spirits because they're like yeah. both like people trapped inside monsters that's what i'm saying i'm getting that um it was just odd and like i said it's funny when he says them's the breaks <laughs> whatever he says he really came off like the thing yeah to me in the fantastic four i'm like what's going on but uh omac i love omac yeah. i always like omac uh that godmother that controls him is the ugliest thing i've ever seen in my life um, I did like the little bit, like I said, I liked the little bit at the beginning where you get a little Omac backstory, but again, this is another one of those issues that seems like there should have been a second issue in between. Really like should have been. And this second issue could have dealt more with Omac and his issue with being controlled and not being, you know what I mean? All of a sudden that is so quick and forced on you that, uh. It's just it just came off odd. Well, the it ending was off. the ending was so lackluster too because oh, we know. have Geoforce like call up some molten lava and the Metamorpho yep. turns into like liquid nitrogen and they mm -hmm. freeze him. You know, and then like all right, send him back. And then they hit him and he just rolls down a hill. No, well, the best is uh, I mentioned in my notes too that they did that. They gave him the the lava and you know they froze him. Yeah, they won the battle then. It actually, Telos calls it out. Batman and the Outsiders have won. And they're like, let's send him there. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, guys, he's done. He, you beat him. That's something they, different that's, that's something different in this week, too, where they're really pointing out the winners. Like, yeah, Telos, yeah, for some, even though with all this shit going on with Telos and Deimos, he's got time. All right, you're a winner. And then goes no, back to what he's doing. He's just sitting there watching these battles. The others, he's just letting it go and whatever. This one, yeah, he's really interested in these. But also, um, I said about Black Lightning. Uh, Katana do a lot in this issue? Not at all. No, she's buried at one point. Halo gets her out, and that's it. And then she looks like one panel where she's standing there. And uh, it's a good thing, too. I, I'm looking at this, and Halo says, I was out of it for a year? How? I'm so confused. And then Katana's there as Mark and Draco. Now is not the time for explanations, Halo. We got to fight. I'm like, that's the whole issue to me. It's like, I want more explanations. I want more character moments. So do I. Instead, there's no time. The, the two-issue thing really screwed some people, I think. Not that, again, I hate to say this because these guys are professional writers who are told to write two stories. They're not going to write one story and then the next story go, oh, my God, I, I'm, 
I'm assuming if I did this, I'm writing both stories together. Right. Don't. Uh, so you can't have you. You wouldn't think you'd get this idea where I I write a story, hand it in, and then I'm starting the next one. Like holy shit, I gotta catch things. I gotta up. write myself that, out of this corner. Yeah, yeah. You would think that. Yeah, like I painted myself in no corner, and then I waited till the paint dried last week. I said that. Yeah, patience. <laughs> well, these people, but uh, it's just odd because this issue, like a lot of these, feels very rushed, and I just. It, and and then you think it's a downer. The real downer ending is when Batman just basically tells him, "Hey, uh, you know, we might have won, but I don't think this is gonna gonna end well. Not for any of us." <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ, Debbie Downer. God, Batman, you just want to battle. Let them have some fun. But man, everybody looks pissed. And uh, I want to point out the one thing when you read it. Did you see that part where me and Reggie were talking about where Geoforce catches the? The uh, police car. Yeah, I don't know if it's because then, you told me beforehand, but it was not confusing to me. Well, you see that he throws it at Omega, yeah. but at first, when you're first reading through it, he catches this police car. Batman's like, are you okay? Yeah, here, catch. And it looks like he blows up the Batcopter. And uh, obviously he didn't. I'm saying, I don't know if it's because I knew going in what that was going to happen, Yeah, but I did not see that like you guys did. Yeah, I got to chuck. I, w- I wish I had an exact quote, but like Halo comes out of a coma in this. Yep. And, you know, at first, like, oh, I've been asleep for a year. How could that be? Blah, blah. And then it seems like she knows everything by the end. Yeah. Like, she's giving exposition away. I'm like, how the fuck do you know this, Halo? I wish I had an exact quote, but I don't. And uh, this is another one of those issues where the um, the earthquake is like a – it's so minor. They have the earthquake thrown and like, what's this, an earthquake? Oh, no. <laughs> and then they get back Okay, we're life. good. But – Omac doesn't want to kill people. and I did not like the way that Metamorpho was drawn in this issue, though. He no, looked like I a like Toxic the... Avenger to me. Yeah, I, I really did like the art in, in general. I love... I, I know you hate Geoforce. I love his character's design. Honestly, he was the highlight of this issue. I think he's great. Uh, you, so you didn't like Katana's part? <laughs> I wish Katana had Bl- more play. Black Lightning, maybe? God, I wish Black Lightning had uh, more play. How about this? Batman? Doesn't do much. Yeah, he's got a bat copter, and then he goes down on. Oh, goes down on. Uh, he jumps Ooh. down on uh, one of the freaking monsters coming in. Yeah, that's it. Just, and that is it, that is ominous ending. We have more to do later. Yeah, he's he's a jerk. But yeah, I gave this a seven out of ten. And the more we talk about it, we do this every every yeah. podcast. I start thinking I should have given it a six. No, I think a seven's uh, appropriate. For I this. gave it a seven. I I really did like the art. I like uh, Geoforce's character design. I really like Omac. Yeah, he looked uh, great. I'm a, I'm a sucker for that mohawk. But even like Black Lightning, for what little you see, look really kick-ass. But I, I liked, uh, what's his name, Carlos Danda's art. And uh, Gabe Altab always does uh, really good colors. Yeah, the only thing, but I'm yeah. sorry, the only problem I have with the art is I just did not like the way Rex Mason was drawn. Yeah, yeah. You're a big Rex Mason fan, aren't you? I'm a decent fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. But I like The Outsiders. I wish there was a book. And I have, a, I predicted before, around, what did I say, September or December, somewhere around there. That there'll be a six-issue mini of Batman and the Outsiders. Be awesome. Can't get enough of the Batman books. <laughs> All right, what's next? Let me see here. What we got next here? Next we have Convergence, the new Teen Titans number two, written by Marv Wolfman with art by Nicholas Scott, Mark Deering, and Jeremy Cox. Mm-hmm. The fight is on as the Tangent Doom Patrol attack the Titans so that they can kidnap Cyborg so they can get inside him. No, not that, oh. not that way. They need his power cells so that they can power a device to take them home. Luckily, the fighting has stopped when Cyborg threatens to blow up the device, and our two hero teams decide to work together. 
Only after the pack, the Tangent Doom Patrol are teleported away and the Teen Titans and Gotham are teleported to another world entirely, leaving all of us scratching our heads. Yeah. I have no idea what the hell was up with this ending. Well, I, I'll tell you, this is one of the things, right, when we went to break and we were talking about the stuff coming up, this is one of the books that I said I, I was confused. Yeah. I really was confused this whole issue. It wasn't just because of the story. There are so many characters running around. I don't know anything about this Doom Patrol. Uh, I, I just, again, th- this is another one where I said, and I mentioned, I guess I mentioned not on the podcast uh, off air, that this is one of the books, too, that I wish that we had a little intro at the beginning of who was fighting again. Right. Because I'm like, who the hell are these guys? And, uh, and, and granted, if they had a history on the back or a little blurb about who the guys were, That'd be great. I, would have, I would have been in heaven. And, in fact, you know what I really would like? If they had those little headshots at the beginning of the Like Marvel book. does? Yeah, and Marvel did in Secret Wars, because I was checking that out the other day. They have that, and there you go. You could have had Dick Grayson. He thinks he's smart, but he's really a dick. You know, <laughs> shit like that. You know, or Beast Boy. He loves the... Uh, whatever. But you would at least I'd know the character, so when they yell out, Hey, Rampage. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's not... Who the hell's Rampage? Maybe it's because you didn't review it, but between the first issue and this one, I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, I'm telling you, there's just so many characters getting thrown at you, and, and yeah, I didn't review it. So, again, when I review the ones that I don't know much about, I'll research it. I didn't review this. I'm just talking about it with you who read the issue. Right. And, man, I, I was confused. I, I'm, there's so many people going around. I, I get the basic story, but, again, I'm worried so much about who's that character and why are they, oh, this and that, no, oh, her, that's the mother, oh, Jesus. Doomsday, then yeah. You, then, yeah, it just, again, though, it's not, they're not, well-known characters that I can just look and say, oh, that's, you know, even with some of these tangent things or these other uh, realities, uh, there's a lot of times where I'll look and I'll go, okay, I get it. That's the, that universe is Beast Boy. Or, oh, that's the, this is different. These, these characters are different. They're, I don't look at them and go, okay, that's this version of that. I'm confused. And I just went with it. I read the issue and I was confused the whole darn time. I don't know. It's just, I, I love the Teen Titans, but as like, full of emotion as this book should have been, everything yeah. came off flat to me. Like, Cyborg being kidnapped, Nightwing and Starfire falling out of love, and, like, Jericho, Jericho ignoring Crystal's advances. It just, <laughs> it, which was the funniest part of the book. And actually, that was the most frustrating to me because I am not fluent in American Sign Language, so I had no idea, for the most part, what Jericho was. I know a few, like, you know, signs here and there, but I had no idea what Jericho was going with in this issue. Again, it's funny because I'm like, oh, Jericho, and then... The- then they're calling him Joey, yeah. and I'm confused a little bit. Yeah, I, I laugh, though, because if you remember, I made fun of him playing the guitar last issue. Yeah. Now he's painting. Uh, the guy's an artist. He thinks he's an artist. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I'm like, okay, this issue gets done. They're just, th- this whole world has gone to hell in a handbasket. He's painting a picture. He's right, drawing a landscape. I don't think he's in the like, superheroine. Gracious, and and of course I'm looking at it now, and there's his guitar right there. He's drawing owls. He's what a, what a jerk. But I said we <laughs> had a... freaking sideburns. I get that painting and smash him right over the head with it. His freaking sign language. I'm saying... Here's the sign language. I'm giving you the middle finger, Jericho. You stupid ass. He did nothing the whole issue. Are are you making fun of deaf people? No, I'm saying he's there. <laughs> you hate filled man. Picture. That's all he does. I'm 
looking back at the battle. Where the hell is he when they're fighting? He's giving us sign language. And the best is when uh, Crystal's like, I love you so much. What's wrong? And he basically is like, get away from me. No, he's like, no. He told, he told her no. Uh, it's so good. He leaves her hanging. What a jerk. <laughs> But all, uh, all I'm going with, though, is that there's so much emotion to play with from the first issue and this one, that, and all the characters to me came off really flat. Yeah, you know what emotion... Oh, I have another great part, but this is the issue that I talked about uh, where you get Dick freaking ass shot. Yeah. It's really good, everybody. Uh, but no, the best part of this issue is the end. I'm trying to get... It made me laugh so much. Where Donna Troy's talking, and she's all upset. I'm trying to find it now yeah here it is she's all upset she's like uh it's when beast boy's kissing the ground right and he's like who cares we're back on earth i love you sky i even love you ground and she goes i don't know gar this looks like earth but something feels wrong (laughs) and then the next panel she's dancing (laughs) i don't get it she's dancing and she's like oh she doesn't say anything there she's just dancing yeah donna didn't have uh, a lot to do in this issue it's so weird and then, and then Beast Boy goes, you mean I'm eating alien dirt? Oh, my God. Why didn't somebody stop me? And then uh, Cyborg's like, because it was fun watching. But Donna Troy is actually dancing there. And I don't understand it. And uh, then they show Jericho. He's in the back. He's laughing, but he's looking in the other direction. And the, the weird thing about this issue is this is the one of the main ones where they're like all right this is when marv wolfman cut we're gonna get marv wolfman back and he's yeah. gonna do the teen titans and after the first issue i was in yeah, I, again well. i hated jericho the first issue with this issue just i'm telling you it's a bunch of nonsense uh to me uh i was so confused and then it, it's another one of these where it ends with the uh yeah we may have won the battle but the most important thing is we're with the people we love and there they are. They're all smiling, holding hands. You see, freaking Starfire's got her freaking engagement ring on. Yeah, it's like, yeah. but there's no explanation of where they were. There was, a, they were somewhere on a planet with just one lone star in the sky. Oh and yeah, like, yeah, and that, that's all we get. Yeah, we forgot that. Yeah, I don't understand that. I, I said to you that I was getting the idea that this was the uh, kind of like the bleed coming from the planet, but it wouldn't even be at this point. The, the no. part with the planets going into our universe shouldn't be happening yet. This one star, it, it, maybe it's uh, Superman's up there somewhere and he, he just <laughs> farted. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. This well, we, had the, we had the characters feeling flat to me, but I was just really pissed off because we started out with this great plot device where Firehawk and Nightwing were going to team up. And I'm like, okay, here we go. We're going to do something with this. And then all at once, the Titans get attacked, never do anything with it again. He's like, you betrayed me. And it's, and it's over. I had no idea. And it's funny because he goes to zip off and she's like, no, please. Yeah. I didn't. And we never nothing. come back to that. No. It ends and then up everybody with the... teams up and then they teleport it away. Nothing happens. This yeah. was such a letdown. And all I can say that I really liked about it was Nicholas Scott's artwork. I'm a huge Nicholas Scott fanboy, yeah. and I'm yeah, so the, happy to see her on this the title. Art, the art was incredible. Uh, the other thing that I got... Um, they're like, okay, the only way we can save our, our uh, thing, we got to, you know, kill some. Why wouldn't they just, I don't know. It just seemed not, it seemed like an extra thing thrown in that was just unnecessary. The whole thing, again, I, I don't know. The main issue I have with some of these books are you are pitting, uh, two sets of heroes against each other and nobody is going to, is going to go the extra step. Now the Doom Patrol, they tried to. 
Uh, but even then, while Cyborg, they didn't even want to defeat them. They wanted to use Cyborg to get back home. And uh, even then, there's like, what's his name? Was it Rampage? Who's like, we shouldn't be doing this. Zip it, Rampage. (laughs) Like, shut your mouth, Rampage. For the for the name Rampage, he didn't come off as as badass as I would think a guy named yeah, it's Rampage pretty meek. would be. Yeah, yeah, he didn't seem like. Cool. I don't think we should be hurting yeah. people. Oh, dude, I don't. Shut up, Rampage! Shut up, Skullcracker! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Donna Troy didn't do much again. This whole issue, it, it ended up okay. I don't know. Was that is this what people wanted? Is this the thing that they wanted? Was to see uh, Starfire and Nightwing get together? Yeah, people uh, won yeah, that for a while. Like but... Oracle and uh, Dick Grace and all these. So I don't think they wanted to see it under a dome, though, no. or on an alien planet. Did anybody want to see any of these in that situation? This is just what you're getting. Probably well, gave it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I probably would have given it the same. It was not strong. Uh, again, this is another one. What did, Do you remember what you gave the first one? I want to say a 7.5. 7. 5. I'm telling you, this, this week for me was a lot of... Uh, not so strong second issues. Yeah. And it's going to continue with my next one, which in last week was one of my favorite books of this week. And this, I'm talking about Convergence, The Adventures of Superman, number two. Written again by Marv Wolfman. Art by Roberto Villacava, Andy Owens, and Soto Color. This issue continues on the Marv Wolfman tip, but also the second issue is not as good as the first tip as well. No sooner than Supergirl and Superman get themselves out of the Phantom Zone, they are up against General Simeon I and the Ape Army of the Great Disaster. They may have Kamandi on their side, but that doesn't stop them from being captured and tied to a nuclear rocket. Thankfully, Superman was just pretending and breaks free to save the day. (laughs) After the regularly scheduled earthquake, Supergirl accepts her fate, and the book continues in Convergence issue number six. (laughs) Number six, Eric. I don't remember continuing that. Convergence issue number six, it said. Now, that's two weeks ago. Very odd. Very odd indeed. I think they had a time machine. Uh, Superman was holding a picture of Kara and Kamandi, and they were disappearing, and you have to go back and play rock music. That's what happened. Uh, you know what yeah, I liked about rock this? And roll? You know, yes. You know what I liked about this issue? What's that? Commandy. He's so cute. So I didn't really care for Commandy. I this. liked the cute little Commandy. They had to throw him in some book. They have the great disaster. They have to do so. They have him there. He's flying around with Superman. He looks so happy. He just looks like a happy little guy. He just likes having a little buddy. Yeah. You know what I didn't like about this issue? Everything felt so damn rushed and yeah. just seemed ridiculous. I. I I did like, did you remember when Superman saved that hobo? No. Did you see that part when uh, General Simeon blew up that building and Superman flew in? It looked oh, like yeah. He, looks like he saved a hobo. <laughs> like, really? You, you got to save that hobo. Um, isn't, it a good t- isn't it like nice that we spent all that time in the Phantom Zone for it to come over here? Yeah, yeah. Nice. The freaking Phantom Zone. Again, I like that part of the Phantom Zone. I like the whole idea of a different way, a plan, and nothing. You get... Kara comes out of the Phantom Zone and then shoots in one of Batman's grappling hooks, grabs Superman, out they come. I Again, another plot device by Marv Wolfman that goes nowhere. Yeah, I would have thought that at least those, um, the Kryptonian villains in the Phantom Zone would have come out as well, which they kind of hinted at last week or yeah. last month, and you would have got something like that where you get a three-way battle and, and in fact, a group battling for nothing but killing Superman. They, they don't care. They're, they're, they weren't there to save anything. They, you know what I mean? Then it would have really thrown a wild card in. I thought that was going to be really cool. Nothing. Commandi was the wild card. Commandi, he looks so happy. Superman <laughs> was flying him around. I, said, I think I sent my review. It, it reminded me of something that would have been like a, um, 
even the Justice League Unlimited, but more of like the Super Friends. Like right. All of a sudden, Superman would have uh, uh, fallen asleep somehow and woken up at uh, the great disc. There's Kamandi. Hey, Kamandi. He looks so happy. He's like, Oh, he would have put a Rip Van Winkle? Oh, yeah. He's like, my name's Kamandi. My name's... I know who you are, Superman. <laughs> but I'm Kamandi. He's... Oh, Kamandi. Oh, uh, yeah. But like I said, everything so, uh, felt rushed, though. I did like uh, General Simeon. And I yeah. liked his plan... Uh, even though we're going to see that again later. But I like the plan because it seemed very Planet of the Apes. They get, yes. they get Superman, they, they chain him up to that uh, rocket, and then Superman's like, again, I said in my thing, it's so stupid. I was pretending I just wanted to see your plan. Grabs the, the nuclear uh, warhead and throws it up at the sky and blows it up. Done. Which I but, still think would cause a problem for yeah, that I, I think it would cause a lot of problems, but um, I also... I like the idea that uh, Marv Wolfman gave us that idea in the first issue that Kara saw her uh, future. She yeah. saw that she was going to die and that she was going to save everybody but by dying. Uh, the way he introduced it last month was very odd. Very it odd. seemed very forced in, but I liked it. I liked last issue because that made it seem like, listen— she knows what's going to happen. She can give up, but no, she's a hero. She's going she's gonna to do what's right. Then this issue, she gets very, very upset and <laughs> seems almost suicidal to me. And, and again, she's going to do whatever it takes to save Superman, but man, she is really pointing out to the point where I, I, I don't like forced foreshadowing. Right. I really don't like forced foreshadowing that never happens because, man, she is talking like <laughs> you were supposed to be like, yep, she's going to die. She's going to die. Here we go. But he never really even gets to a point where he almost makes her die. She's just there and there's Superman. Time. It, it felt so odd and it, it ended so weird. I, I don't know. It, it did, Well, it ended real weird. It's going to be continued in a book that came out two weeks ago. Which um, I don't remember it being. No, I know. Um, but yeah, I was really disappointed because so I was really, I. really was looking forward to this issue. This and Batman and the Outsiders were my big issues for this week. And both upset me to a point where I gave it a 7. I gave both of them a 7. Where I really, I really wanted like a 9. Oh, well, we all want a 10, don't we? Not me. Don't we all want a 10? A Bo Derek? <laughs> 10. Get that? Bo I got Derek. it. Oh, you I like, got you. You like Bo Derek? Yeah. Bo Derek's probably 90. <laughs> you know what? I never really found her very Whatever. Attractive. I still have a thing for James Honda. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I never found Bo Derek very attractive. I'm looking right now. It's making me smile. There's Superman flying with Oh, I thought you were looking at Bo Derek. <laughs> no, I'm looking at Commandes. You know what? Um, I know it's a great disaster. Somebody needs to buy Commandi a shirt. He goes around without that shirt all the time. I think he's going to get sunburned. I think if you had abs, you would too. Yeah, he, um, yeah, he's got abs. But he's, he's a boy. I'm talking uh, about you. I'm a man. <laughs> he's Tom Thumb. Yes, he is. <laughs> no, but I'm saying this This is really disappointing for me too, but I want to know if you picked up on this because my biggest problem with this book is General Simeon has just been attacked by Superman, so mm -hmm. he creates the diversion and blows up that building, right? Mm-hmm. You follow me on this here? Yep. So they save the hobo, and then they take Kamadi, who's going to show them where the city is. Mm -hmm. And Kamadi says to Superman, this is a three-day travel, like a three-day hike. And yeah. like, I'll do it in three minutes. But when Superman goes, General Simeon's already there and ready for him. Yeah. 
he's got uh, extra powered boots. I I, I want to know. Did they like take three days to freaking stop this freaking burning building? No, they. Yeah, I guess that was what the. Yeah, why even mention it then? If exactly. You end up having problems like that. It, it is a little ridiculous. But come on, he's cute. He's, he's a, a damn cute. ape. He's not going faster than Superman. Yeah, I know. But then again, you know, Superman pretended he was asleep then. That was the worst, too. I actually he really tricked, hated that. He tricked them all. Though, I think I said Fooled my review. you. I really liked the panel. I think it was the best visual representation of the earthquake. I really yeah. liked it. Um, again, though, it's the earthquake was ridiculous. And uh, uh, also, actually, when I look at it now, this earthquake is caused the most damage of anyone. Of, yeah. It looks like it brings down the city. All of New York is destroyed now. Yeah, it's just destroyed. It's gone. But uh, I've had enough of that. Uh, the book was not as good as I thought it I was. I think I would have given this a six. Yeah, I'd give it a seven. What's your next book? My next book is Convergence Green Lantern Corps number two, written by David Gallagher. But you were telling me before how it's not Gallagher. What is nope. it pronounced as? Galler. Galler. David That's Galler. That's what I heard. David Galler. Okay. So written by David Galler with art by Steve Ellis, Andre Parks, and Hi-Fi. Hi-Fi. It's time for Guy Gardner to get into this fight, and he's not letting something as simple as not having power stand in his way to do it. He defeats a dragon with a baseball bat. Beats Hercules in an arm wrestling match and even saves John Stewart and Hal Jordan. That's right, Guy Gardner is a badass. Yep. And as an encore, he defeats the big bad of this issue, the Anti God, pretty much single handedly. That is the entire issue, and it is fucking fantastic. Yeah. I had so much fun reading this book because it was just off the wall, zany fucking shit fun. I can't, I'm like losing my train of thought just thinking how fun this book was. Yep, it was. It was fun. Uh, I'm saying the only problem I have. Is that we got this whole? It's great. Guy Gardner and Hercules over the top reference from yeah. like Stallone's over the top. He even freaking tells you how Stallone did his shit to make you win in arm wrestling. I loved. It. I just wish Guy Gardner had a hat to turn back. That's the worst part is that he didn't have a hat. If he had a hat and it was like they're going at it, going at it, turn the hat, done. It would have been so good. Now, I'm saying it's still bullshit that he beats Hercules, but I'll go with it. And the whole point of this whole match was to get his impervious armor. The winner of this, I don't know what, like, Hercules would have gotten if he won. Maybe Mm -hmm. just the pride of winning, I don't know. But Guy got his impervious armor so he can go save Hal and John. Mm -hmm. I had a problem with this because once he does it, he powers up his ring. Hal and John are like, oh, thank God, Guy's here. Okay, let's power up even though we fucked you over before. The impervious armor's gone. And now David Gower said on Twitter, I think it was, since I, he read the review, the reason that for the impervious armor was for him to get through the storm and, uh, for and actually... For Hercules to throw him. Exactly. Hercules did a fastball special on him to get him to the city. I never picked up on any of this while reading it, though. Yeah, well, he doesn't even say. He doesn't say, like, uh, like they say, oh, what's with that armor? Oh, I needed it to get here. He's just standing there. They're like, hey, you're in. He's standing there next to them uh, where, when they're doing the oath. Yeah. And... To me, there's another issue is it's it doesn't even look like any of them are talking when the oath is said. And then all of a sudden, there they are. And he's got the Green, the, Lantern, suit. Green Lantern suit on it. It does. It seems weird. He's like, it's good to be back and, and whatnot. I like the moment, but yeah, it seemed a well, little Well, they, they say something about the city, how it's affecting their rings. It's not it's like stopping they, yeah, them from the being storm, a strong. The storm has like a static to it. I never picked too. up on that, like harming people, though. Yeah. Like yeah. why he would need the impervious armor. Maybe I really want to see him rock it. Maybe it was more of the fastball special when he when they go to throw him and he's going through this and I don't know. But I I, know I actually think there was a little snafu there between the um 
the art and the story and david Galler was just uh he was trying, trying to, to cover his tracks a bit yeah, was, well i think he was trying to cover the artist's tracks i think that's more art issue than uh than the writing because they don't really mention it then so when the guy's drawing it he just thought oh and now he's supposed to be green lantern yeah. there was no talk he should have thrown the armor off at some point you know what in convergence number seven he should have had the impervious armor on i like the impervious <laughs> armor it looks awesome uh the other thing i really like about this issue is a uh, guy finally or maybe he does it before but man he calls hal out on his lame uh constructs yeah he's like man because hal like baseball bat uh, yeah. Hey, can Fist. you give me a hand? A Makes hand. a hand. It's like, God damn it. You, you got to be so literal all the time. Yep, you don't. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Well, that was uh, the, my favorite part about Kyle becoming a Green Lantern before was that he was an artist. He had imagination. So the constructs where we're just used to like like uh, baseball gloves and bat, yeah. baseball bats, it actually became intricate shit now. It was well, a lot of fun. And again, we talked about this is when um, John Stewart is architectural based. And yeah, they even, an they even call that out this uh issue when he makes that bridge yeah uh but the other thing i like though like you're saying with uh kyle is when kyle's doing these intricate like you said he's a comic book artist yeah. he's doing these intricate things it actually makes me laugh at howls even more but it also makes it that hey that's how he doesn't have much of an imagination no not at he, all he's a he's a test pilot Test pilots, I, I don't know if you've ever met a test pilot. They're not usually like a Goose and Maverick. Have you met They're a test pilot? Yes. Really? Yep, Tanya's uncle. Oh, shit, really? And you know what he is? He is a straight-laced, pretty much <laughs> down the line, doesn't joke. It's things, you, you don't joke around when you're a test pilot or you die. How jokes around all the time. Well, I'm saying, though, he doesn't have much of Like, I actually joke around. He, you don't sit up there and daydream. Right. You're you're doing what you're doing. You're pretty focused on, on that. And I think Hal's just like, hey, I need a fist. I'm going to make a fist. No I'm time for gonna thinking. Get, I'm going to get the job yeah, done. Yeah, I'm just going to do it. And I really like that. I, I think that that ended up, uh, in retrospect, being Hal is the non-cool, uh, not cool, the, the non-imaginative construct. Right. But yeah, uh, you know what else I like about this issue? It actually ends in a way that I think a lot of these should have, where they get done, they win the fight, right? Right. And they go off to help other people. Yeah, they're going to go pick up with Hercules, go help some people. They're heroes. That's what you would do. Yeah. You find it like, I think that Batman and the Outsiders, they get done, they save their guy. I think they'd be thinking like, man, I wonder if anybody else needs help or whatever. They just stand there with the Batman moping. Or you get these others, at least we're together with the ones we love while shit's burning in the background. <laughs> you know, all hell's breaking loose. People I think are dead a lot from of the these earthquake. would be like, I think these type of heroes would be like, you know what, we, we should go and check out other places. Especially the Teen Titans, half of them fly. They can just fly around and go find out. The other thing that gets me that I like about this issue is it's one of the only ones where they actually go into space. There's these guys who can fly. You don't think, like, Superman should have went into space to check things out a little or whatever? You never see that. Well, dealing with continuity, you might not be able to. Because a lot of, I'm saying, Superman cannot survive in space. Yeah, but he could at least fly up and look. Yeah. He's just doing his thing. But, yeah, the green uh, guy takes, uh, takes it up to space. Yeah, because apparently there's antimatter surrounding the planet Telos. So he just fucking pushed the anti-god into it to allow him to explode. Yep. Yeah, I, I liked it. I, I know that. Did you like the art a little better this issue, or you still have an issue with the art? 
Did I have an issue last yeah, time? Yeah, you said that you didn't really like the art so much. Oh, I love the art in this yeah, book. Yeah, I, I think it's I, great. It really complements the book, how funny it is. It really comes yeah. off – it's a cartoonier, cartoonier style, yeah. and it really complements this. And yeah, I you... love the fact that David Gower did a guy story for a Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. Oh, it works awesome. so well. And if you uh, like, you know, guys just rip it, rip it ass throughout the desert, mm-hmm. having a good time being a badass. And that's um, all we need. Yeah. I'm telling you that the, when Hercules throws him and he's doing the little Mighty Mouse with Here yeah. I Come to Save the Day, that <laughs> panel, that page, because it's full, so good. I love that Hercules armor on him and everything. It's great. The, the goggles. Yeah. So good. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Yeah. I had a great time. It's probably my favorite book this week. Yeah, I probably would have given it a 9.5, actually. I like yeah. it that much. And I know a lot of people, it looked like when I looked at the reviews, had some issues. But I had no issues, really. Not, not much at all. I no, I just really had a liked good time. It. I love the art style. I like what happened. I think that guy was awesome. Uh, I even like, you know, John and, and Hal. I like when Hal apologizes to Kyle, and then Kyle punches him right in the face. Guy, guy. Yeah, guy. And uh, we didn't even say there's that bit where you get a little backstory of what happened to him in the Phantom Zone. And yeah, it's good. And the, with, yeah. and the antimatter universe. Yep, and the antimatter universe, which kind of pulls into how he knows how to deal with antimatter. It really was good. I enjoyed it. Eric. The weirdest part of this book to me was actually seeing John Stewart with a mask on. Yeah, yeah. He also had that uh, old school look that uh, almost like a, uh, like a, a starter's fro. Going. Right. Yeah, I yeah. liked it. It actually, uh, when coming from uh, Black Lightning in uh, Batman and the Outsiders, he looked a little, at the very beginning, looked a little like Black Lightning. <laughs> I thought he looked cool. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. But uh, I think that we are up at our big break for the night where we get to hear Ryan, brightest daycare Clark, talk about another book. Right? Which book? Yeah, which it one? It will be IDW's Insufferable Number 1. And I knew he was going to do this. Well, that's the thing. I knew Uh, he was going to do this book. So I sent him a note, and I said, hey, you're going to do Insufferable, right? And I knew what was coming back. And I wrote before he wrote it. I said, and I don't mean the podcast. (laughs) And he he didn't care. He still wrote it. Yep, I'm going to be doing the podcast. And then I started bad-mouthing you. Yeah, I know. And then he said um, that he was only half-joking about us being insufferable. (laughs) But uh, here, for something I I actually, uh, to tell you, uh, the reader and or the listener and you, Eric. Okay. That, that Insufferable is written by Mark Wade with Peter Krauss on art. And I'm going to tell you what the solicit is because I wanted to ask if you think it sounds pretty cool. What happens when your crime-fighting sidekick grows up to be an arrogant, ungrateful douchebag who makes Kanye look humble? Worse, what on earth could force the two of you together for one last case? Nocturnus and his former protege, Galahad, will find out if they don't kill each other first. So it's about Arsenal? Yeah, it sounds like that, or Damien, whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. You know what? I don't like when they throw in, like, Kanye. Why, why do you have to mention Kanye West? Give the guy a break, Eric. Not a big Kanye fan. But right. still, I, I don't like when comics throw in crap like that. I don't know. What, seems pop too... culture references? Yeah, like that, though. That in a, in a solicit, it just seems ridiculous. I think if it was an 80s pop culture reference, you'd be fine with it. Maybe, but still. You're an old man. You can't understand what's going on nowadays. I, I told you, I don't even like when like they had um, Spider-Man with Obama. I, I don't know. That throws me off. You're a Republican? Uh, 
No, no, it's just with I, I don't like mixing the real with that. But um, well, Mar- it, I'm saying DC doesn't, Marvel does. Uh, oh well, that leads me. This is and this is going to sound like a setup. This is not a setup. You know where um, I just read today. You know where the new Justice League of America book that you're going to be doing by Brian Hitch takes place? No, New York. Oh, nice. Well, I'm yeah. saying uh, Static Shocks from New York, Hawkman. Yeah. It's weird though. For, they said for Shazam's Justice from League book, they uh, really don't like to mix that in. But yeah, it's going to happen in New York, and it's going to involve a villain that has never been a villain, but it's been around. I, it's this whole thing. Right. People are trying to guess who it's going to be and whatnot, but that's that's not. Not to look into that. That's not here nor there because we're going to listen to Ryan talk about IDW's insufferable number one. All right. Hit it, Ryan. Hello, and welcome to another weekly installment of The Other Side, your only place for non-DC Comics reviews on the all-DC Comics Weird Science DC Comics podcast. I am, as always, your host, Ryan, brightest daycare clerk, and this week I bring you Insufferable, number one, by Mark Wade and Peter Krauss from IDW. Uh, this was originally published as a Thrillbent digital title, uh, which is Mark Wade's all-digital web-based publishing company. And uh, Mark Wade is basically everywhere in comics, from writing to publishing to owning and operating his own store, uh, the previously known Alter Ego Comics, now Oh Yeah Comics Muncie, after Art and Franco's Oh Yeah Comics in beautiful downtown Skokie, Illinois. The book Insufferable has a lot of very unique takes on the superhero genre, but also seems like something born of the same weird, kind of twisted germ of an idea that spawned J. Michael Straczynski's sidekick from Image Comics as well. Both of those comics kind of start posing the question, what happens when a sidekick grows up? And uh, this book kind of poses a further question, Uh, What happens when your sidekick grows up to be a real dick? Uh, The answer probably won't shock you. Someone with all that power who turns out to be a self-centered prick isn't all that surprising. It's kind of what would happen to a lot of people who are given everything and not had to work for it, which is kind of what a lot of the celebutants in pop culture today are, so it's just taking them and giving them superpowers, which just makes them that much worse. Um, There were a lot of moments in this issue that did surprise and shock me, though, and there is a nice reveal that I won't give away here about the relationship between uh, the hero and the sidekick that I really didn't see coming. This is a book that really feels like a modern coming-of-age story for superheroes. It, it definitely takes the the original idea of classic and timeless superheroes, people that are, you know, great and powerful and vaunted by society, but also kind of brings it into the modern age. Uh, part I really liked is a scene uh, where the sidekick, now branching out onto his own, sits down after a day of hero work, which consists of mostly stealing the spotlight from his mentor and previous big brother superhero, to upload pics and a new entry into his blog. A superhero with a blog. Can you imagine how many more hits that that page would have over Brightest Daycare or the Weird Science DC blogs? Would be huge. 
So that in itself was a really neat idea and something we haven't really seen from comics and the fact that, you know, there's a lot of fan interactions with this character via his webpage, which was pretty cool. The visuals in this book I thought were amazing. It has a really unique take on how a superhero story should look, and it was beautiful, and nobody really writes quite like Mark Wade does. So with these two uh, creators making Insufferable and also having uh, worked and created Irredeemable together, anyone else sense a bit of a theme on titles there? Uh, with those two books, you really get a sense that they have a solid working relationship, so it seems like this book should run very well and for a very long time. I highly recommend this book for anyone looking for a change of pace from your standard capes and cloaks superhero story, or anybody who just knows a real jerk who could use some old-fashioned Doomsday v. Superman Kryptonian power punches to the face. Because that's what I really would like to do to this guy, and I'm sure a lot of people in this universe would too. This book was really a lot of fun, and despite the title, was not at all without opportunities for redemption. I highly recommend checking this out. A couple other things that I would also recommend for non-superhero books would be both 68 and Nailbiter from Image Comics. 68 is a Vietnam War era zombie series that takes place through a bunch of uh, miniseries and one-shots. There have been probably close to 20 issues to date, and they're basically all but one collected in trades now, and it has been really fun to read. And Nailbiter, to me, really scratches the itch that Dexter left basically from the end of the season before the final season, because it just got terrible. So serial killers and, and intrigue and death and beautiful visuals, the Nailbiter book is really cool. And like I said, anybody who's a fan of Dexter, I think would really, really get in on that book. And it beats the hell out of Puppet Master, whatever whatever terrible horror comic book that was that Eric had been talking about before. Don't read Puppet Master. Go read 68 or Nailbiter. Go read Insufferable. You'll be much better for it, even though Eric will probably say I couldn't be more wrong. As always, you can find me on Tumblr at tumblr.brightestdaycare.com, Twitter at BDC Comics. I have pages on Facebook and Google Plus as well. And um, you can let the guys at Weird Science know if you have anything else that you need to relay to me, any other books you'd like for me to review. I will definitely get them in when the new Manifest Destiny arc starts up. I'll put that on here, and uh, we'll go from there. But... Uh, until next week, I will see you on the other side. And we are back. All right. Hey, Eric. No, no, Britney Spears, stay away. Come up and see me sometime, oh God, West. boy. <laughs> back to the voices. All right. That was insufferable, just like my voices, Eric. Meh, see? Meh, what a pal. That's a pretty good one. Uh, no, it was not. You didn't like that? Okay, no. back, back to Mae West. 
Why don't you Oaks. come no, up no, and Mae simmer West. some time? Mae West often uh, ends up, who did I say, and uh, ends up in nice Ethel, Ethel Merman as well. Oh, Ethel. Yeah. Hello, Dolly. All right. Hickory dickory duck. <laughs> I'm in the line at the bank. Oh! <laughs> oh you crack me up, Eric. You Shut crack up. me up just like all those podcasts. We love talking to each other and make each other laugh, don't we? Usually, see, but not anymore. Come up and see me. Uh, I remember I used to do that at work, and it would weird you out. <laughs> you still do. Uh, Don't say you used to. You still do. Yeah, I, I brought it back this week at work. See, that's what we get at work. We we just do our podcast all week, <laughs> yell at each other. Oh, uh, you call me bad names. Make <laughs> you call me bad names. Make, make fun of me being short. Oh, yeah, you are tiny. Yeah, yeah, tiny. I'm a man. I'm a man. <laughs> Ah, uh, well, we're back, Eric, and that means we're going to talk more books. We're going right. to finish these books, and you know what? My next book was one of my favorites of the week. One and of as Mae oh. West would say, he should come up and see me sometime, because I'm talking about Convergence, Swamp Thing, number two, written by Len Wein, art by Kelly Jones and Michelle Madsen. Eric? Eric? Yes? Do you like Red Rain Universe? Honestly, this issue makes me want to go and read it. I never wanted to read it before, but now I do. Okay. Do you like Batman? I love Batman. Well, you know what? This will make you love Red Rain Batman. Well, I already said that. Yeah. Well, you messed up my intro. Well, seeing <laughs> Vampire Batman is appealing to some. I was not looking forward to him ruining a story that started off so great. Len Wein, however, proves you can have your cake and eat it too. And man, I love that cake, Eric. Know, By Fatty. giving readers a story they can really sink their fangs into. <laughs> oh, I'm cracking myself up. <laughs> Ween throws away the Convergence playbook and gives us a story that makes sense, has awesome vampire hunting action, vampire hunting action, and has an ending that puts <laughs> rom-coms to shame. That was a rom-com, right, this book? I, I don't believe it was. Batman and Super, uh, Swamp Thing weren't in romantically connected? Fun- more buddy cop. Well, guess what? The next line I put, well, it was at least the most heartfelt buddy cop story since K-9. And that's okay in my book. You uh, would you, I'm saying, I found out last year that they made two sequels to K-9. Would you ever watch those? Uh, if they were called K-10 and K-11, I'm in. No, it was K-911. Okay. And I can't remember what the third one. Maybe that was the third one. I just remember seeing that like, holy shit. They yeah. made a remake, and then I realized, oh, my God, they made sequels. Uh, was uh, Jim Belushi in any of them? All, all both of them. <laughs> oh, I, I can't say that Buddy Lee was the same, like, dog, but they were, all, they were back together. Yeah, it was, that was no Turner and Hooch, I'll tell you. Exactly. I'm a Turner and Hooch man myself. I think most people would be. Actually, I, I think most people would be neither. But if you had <laughs> to pick, uh, I remember I saw Turner and Hooch as a youngster or whatever as well. age, and I, I really liked it. I, I bowled my eyes again, out at the end. I did that, but again, the thing that sticks with me the most is that slobber that, oh, yeah. that Hooch would do. The Beethoven slobber? Hooch was um, Tom Hanks, right? No, Hooch was not Tom Hanks. No, I meant the slobber Tom Hanks did. That's what I meant. No, he peed on everything, like in every movie he does. Thank you. All right. I love this issue. So do I. You know that? Um, I would love to see a Batman and Swamp Thing vampire hunter book. I uh, just want to see if Swamp Thing is a vampire hunter now because oh, I never awesome. thought how badass he would be at it. Yeah. Uh, 
I told you, he had that one move that he, he did use a couple times, the uh, spikes with fingers. But he yeah. also mixes in a bunch of others, and I really, really liked it. I, I thought he was great. Um, again, the only thing that I didn't like about this issue, um, actually, there's only two things, and I'll just get those right out right now. I didn't like when Swamp Thing disappeared. You know, he used his Swamp Thing yeah. abilities. And then when he came back and Batman freaked out and attacked him, yeah, that was very weird. I, it was weird to me, and I'm telling you, did it seem to you, if I would tell you that, that they wanted to show you, or Len Wein wanted to show you that Batman really can't control himself sometimes, and that's what led to him saying in the end, like, hey, i got to die because eventually I'm going to go and I'm going to bite all the... That's the only thing I could think of, that they're showing that, yes, Batman is Batman in this, but he has this wild card that he's also a vampire, and this is what happens, and eventually... I, I just didn't understand it. What I got from it is that vampirism causes Alzheimer's. Yeah, well, yeah. Because he yeah. didn't even know... He, he had no idea, but that's what I'm saying. I, I think that there was there... It was the idea to show that Batman is being taken over gradually, and even though he was still Batman this vampire thing was going to take him over. Uh, the only other thing I didn't like was I hate books that end with the end. Yeah. And, uh, I actually really like that. Uh, I, I, I hate, it. I hate it. Uh, it's an no, old, it's like it's uh, an old classic monster I movie. Well, trope. That's, I that's loved why it. they, but again, it's better than saying continued in convergence. Number two. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's all I didn't like. Uh, what I did like, uh, I liked a lot of it. And what I really, really liked was this was a book where, Batman's there. He's there supposed to fight for his city, correct? Correct. He realizes that him and his city are both big pieces of shit. <laughs> and why would he even want to keep it? And Swamp Thing tries to convince him. Tries to whoa, whoa, him. buddy. Calm down. Yeah, it's going like, to be no, all right. No. He's like, no. And then what they, they end up, oh, do me a favor. They go and hunt the Vampire Queen. Awesome thing to have just plopped into this book. Uh, because I think Lemwin's like, okay, we have this, but this isn't this. It's not organic. This idea of these fights and all this. I'm going to turn it into something I want, which was a horror comic, a horror and, buddy cop. Comic. Yeah, oh, it was, it was really good. I love the art. Um, I loved everything. I he did. smells like garlic. He yep. likes to feed on blood. Yeah, it's good. Uh, this did, unlikely pair works together really well. Yep. Did you see at any point that? These vampires that they killed, did they bleed a lot? No. No. I'm going to bring that up later because this is <laughs> supposed to be the same universe. And you, I did mention to you, or I sent you a note like, oh, to me, vampires shouldn't bleed a lot. And you gave me all these freaking... I did know, not. I gave you one thing. Deal, I but you did say, I don't know what the story's based around. and if Exactly. They I never read Red Rain. Okay, well, this Red Rain and this issue, and I'm going to go Len Wein. Uh, that, that guy, I'm going to go with his version. And these vampires don't bleed a lot when they get killed. Um... Also, when they show up at the Vampire Queen, does the Vampire Queen spell out specifically how to kill her? No. No, that happens a little later, too. I don't know why I'm using this issue to badmouth uh, Wonder Woman that I'll talk about later. But uh, I love this issue. I, I don't really know that I can say uh, that much more about it. It was one of I'm my saying. favorite issues of the week. And actually, as a series, it's one of my overall top picks for Convergence. Well, I had an issue with it because – well, no, I didn't really have issues. There's something I didn't like was they tried to use all the vampire tropes. Like, you know what I'm saying? They have to be an oak steak that goes yeah. through. They have to cut off the yeah, head. That's, that's you have garlic. Right. But no, I'm saying the pro – I'm okay with all that. Okay. It's every time they went somewhere, 
they would bust through and Swamp's thing would say, I invite you in, Batman, yeah, yeah. because you have to invite a vampire yeah, you into your home. In, but isn't it supposed to be that it has to be your residence? Okay, I can, I'm saying, well, even if we take that away, it's, anybody can do it wherever they are, because okay. I think Xander did it in Buffy. Okay. Um, Swamp Thing's not a man. Yeah, that's true. He is a plant monster. He, as, a man, as his, Eric. As his, a book, man. as his book keeps telling us, oh, yeah, he's a muck monster. Yep. Who thought and he was a man. Who thought he was a man. But no, I, I had a little issue with that because they did it twice, and I thought it was really unnecessary. Yeah. And it's like the only thing that's been holding Batman back is nobody would invite him in to kill the it, vampire it is, queen. It is funny, too, because they bust in, swamped, and it's almost like a... Um, a very quick shout out at the very end. It's like, shh, the glass is still bringing. I invite you in, Batman. And then he goes in, and then the vampire queen's like, I didn't invite you in here. Why are you here? Nobody invited you, Batman. And even, even with that, though, vampires have no rule over that. He can yeah. go enter places that it vampires just, are. It just seems so weird. Uh, I agree with you there. I, the, other I prob- the other problem I had is when like we talked about earlier, Swamp Thing vanished to go commune with the green to find where the vampire queen was. Mm-hmm. And as we've seen from the main Convergence title, which I'm taking all my continuity yeah, off of, I know. there is no green on this planet. There is a blackness that when uh, ha- uh, Alan Scott touched, he became poisoned with it. Yeah. The only thing that I can say is once the dome goes down, the individual domes have some green in the domes that's left over from the thing. But I don't think that that could commune with the planet itself. And exactly. That, it seems a little off. But, you, you know, I'll look, I'll look away for that because really if, if that's the case – you don't have a Swamp Thing title. Exactly. You, I'm you saying can. I really like the issue, though. Yeah, I did, too. Um, it ended with them holding hands and kissing as the sun went up, right? <laughs> That's what I remember happened. They were making I'm out. taking a drink here. And you pretty, no. <laughs> Vampire <laughs> Batman and Swamp Thing do no, not make they out. No, I, I remember uh, Abby behind them kicking the dirt because she's upset. She wanted Swamp <laughs> Thing. And uh, she walks away. And, Always surprised made never reprise. And then, uh, Swamp Thing says to Batman, like, I thought you were the geek, but now that I took your glasses off, you're so wonderful looking. And then Batman goes, I know this was a bet. And then runs away it, it becomes, crying. It becomes Can't Buy Me Love. No, I was actually thinking of She's All That. Oh. <laughs> They're all the same. Yeah, it's Can't Buy Me Love. Next thing, uh, Batman's boyfriend who went off to play football comes and goes that makes you a whore and then somehow they Bobby run away so uh, <laughs> they run away and then uh swamp thing gets back to cutting lawns for some reason because he hears all the screams while he's cutting the lawns and then he goes and talks to cindy mancini but she's washing her hair <laughs> the end that's a hell of a book and then the next thing it runs into uh lover boy where he's a pizza delivery guy wasn't he a pizza oh, delivery yeah. guy? Oh, yeah, I forgot about Loverboy. I actually just watched it a couple months ago, too. Yes, and then somehow it turns into the lead singer of Loverboy uh, singing about working for the weekend, and they invite Batman in. There's a big party, and they call oh, no, the they Vampire don't. Queen. <laughs> Lover, that's Loverboy, and they obviously suck. Oh, no, they don't. I saw them Madison Square at 83. They rocked the house. Oh, yes. I don't know where this podcast is going. But I am tired. Swamp Thing is awesome. Uh, yeah, I gave it a 9 out of 10. And I would have given it as well. Yeah, um, I think I gave the first issue an 8. I really liked the first issue, but this one uh, ties in. And again, a lot of these uh, issues, one or the other isn't good. So when you get something that uh, it's good both ways, goes go both ways, Eric. Just like Swamp Thing and Batman at the end. Mm. Uh, it really is good. I, I loved it. And the next book we're going to go to, I didn't love that much. No, me either. 
Convergence Justice League of America number two, written by Fabian Nicesia, with art by Chris Cross and Snakebite Cortez. Now, I love that. Oh, that's the best art team ever. 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 Snakebite Cortez and Chris Cross. Did they mention, did they call him Snakebite or Snakebite Cortez this time? They did the full Snakebite Cortez. Okay, it was weird when we had. Uh, we Last weren't really sister. aware of Snakebite Cortez for a while, and then we, we it was brought up when we did uh, Mike Blanchard's um, his pullback thing, the yes. previews, and we saw that. And it was funny because me and you could not get off that name. We <laughs> loved it so much. We and, derailed his whole and, podcast. Oh, yeah, I think he got so annoyed with us because we just kept bringing it up, and we were laughing it up. And then the next time we see him, all of a sudden he just goes by Snakebite. And I'm like, I, I, Snakebite's a badass name. It's not Snakebite Cortez. Snakebite Cortez is a guy who does his own tattoos, Eric. <laughs> he does a lot more than that. He's he, the most interesting man. I think he might uh, do like that coal walking, the hot coal walking, and that's just to get to his fridge every morning. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of other things that Snakebite Cortez would do, and I can't think of any. He does his own dental surgery. Oh, Jesus. He just pulls teeth out. I think he opens a bottle of beer with his eye socket. How's that? You know what I'm doing this? This was all stories about a guy in 1980. uh, The Cleveland Indians uh, had a player, uh, Joe Charbonneau. Right. And uh, he was rookie of the year that year. And there was all these crazy stories, all those things that I just mentioned besides the walking on coals. But this guy uh, supposedly like. I just watched a documentary about him. This guy would just, he would rip teeth out. Oh, and he was really good. And then he he just burned out. (laughs) Poor Joe Charbonneau. But oh. no, in the la- in the first issue, you just went by Snakebite. Here's Snakebite Cortez. Okay. The Justice League Detroit team must take on the Tangent Secret Six, while three of their heavy hitters, Aquaman, Zatanna, and Martian Manhunter, are out of commission due to them being stuck in a stasis field. After a really pathetic battle, our heroes are saved when Sue Dibney actually figures out a way to free these heroes. And they come to the rescue of the B-listers and defeat their opponent almost instantly. That is the whole book, Jim. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I can't say I hated this issue. I like the art. Um, yeah, I like the art. It I, is a downer issue to me. Yeah, I, I like the a little bit of the character moments. Um, I did like the character introductions or like the explanation of them, even though they seemed With a little Vicky forced. Vale. Yeah, it seemed forced, but I, I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, one thing I realized is that I either didn't pay much attention last issue or it just kind of breezed on by without being very uh, memorable because I, I had to go back to the first issue to see. I didn't even remember that uh, uh, Martian Manhunter, Aquaman, and Zatanna were even captured. I had to go back and I'm like, You know oh. what? I didn't realize that either. I just went with it. I yeah. don't, did you get that one from reading the first issue? I Yeah. I, you did? I, yeah. So, But it was all from that. And again, I didn't. Re- Did you remember that? No, not no, at all. I no. just went with it. Yeah, it was. It was just an odd thing where I'm reading this issue and I'm like, man, that last one really must not have hit me. Uh, so I went back and looked at that, and then I looked. And again, uh, this issue is another one. When if anybody uh, two weeks from now says to me, "Hey, how was that Convergence Justice League of America? What was that like?" I don't even know. I'll have an answer because <laughs> it, it really was not very memorable. And I usually can tell how much I liked or disliked an issue by how many notes I write about it in our little uh, thing that we do, our little outline. I don't even, I have one sentence and I, one thing, and then I either gave up or I didn't, there was just not (laughs) much happened. I put, I liked the character introductions, even if they were forced. That's it. 
And I do know that I liked when um, uh, Sue was doing the voiceover, the narration. She's yeah, like, I like that as well. She's like, I know that, he, uh, what's his name, uh, her husband. Ralph Dibney? Ralph, I couldn't remember. Elongated Man? For some reason I was going to say Hank. Ralph, uh, yeah, the Elongated Man. She's like, I know he's pumping him up right now. And he wasn't, which was good. I like that little juxtaposition of it. But I really like that he's like, you know, we don't want to be the losers. (laughs) And they were, it was a downer. They all know that they're the loser team. That's the worst part. I came off of this feeling so depressed for the heroes because we have this moment where we're supposed to be pumping them up. And Ralph says... You don't. You guys don't think you're the losers. Everybody else thinks you do. They do, and they just kind of put their heads down and walk away because they realize yeah. they are losers. But you know, and what? I, I'm not positive that these heroes aren't going to go and kill themselves well, after here, this issue. Here's the issue, though: is that in a normal issue like this, that would end up being like, "Hey, we're going to free Aquaman, uh, Martian Manhunter, and Zatanna." They would get out, but still, the vibe and the elongate. They were going to save the day. No. No, the, the three heroes get out and do it, and then the immediately only, the only thing they get from it is that I never want to be on another. I don't care if I'm with Wonder Woman or Superman. We're all, you know, it's like this weird thing at the end where they're like, "We're all equals, even you guys," and it came off bad because, like you said, they 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 didn't do anything. There was no resolution to them no. setting this and, up. And you know what else is great? They didn't even free them. No, it was Sue. Sue. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like Ralph knew what she was up to, like the, the plan was, you know, in effect. Yeah. The, you know what? The only thing that they were actually um, the Spartans in 300. <laughs> they held the line. They for died? Two, didn't it, no. Didn't it say, like, they fought for two hours, enough time for me to free. There's a weird call-up that they actually, that's yeah, what they, they did. Yeah, they, they said two hours. Yeah, yeah they, they held them off for two hours. That's what they did. That was their victory. Good but job. half of that they Good hit. Good job, guys. Well, yeah, they ran a lot. But again, even They got that, their asses even kicked that, I, hard. I, even that I... And Fabian the Seth, <laughs> we love him. Oh, we, yeah. Uh, we like He's been the hero of Convergence and for me. when they ran, they were even calling out, there's Ralph Dibney, the, the coward. Oh, are, are you the coward's uh, uh, wife? And it should have been one of those where they ran off, they regrouped, and it was a smart move. They ran off. They have a plan, whatever. But no. No, they, they just they're kind of. They just needed to hide. They hold the ground. And I really wanted Sue Dibney to punch Vicky Vale in the face. Yeah. Oh, never yeah. got that. Yeah, it would have been funny that out of panel, like into panel, it was the elongated man's fist. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> right in the. But I don't. I don't like domestic violence, Eric. So I don't want to offend people. Uh, you know what was kick ass in this issue? Vibe. Uh, yeah, vibe was, but also the art. I love the art. I'm looking at it now. I really, really enjoyed the art because I do not want to get anybody by the name of Snakebite Cortez mad at me. <laughs> or Chris Cross. Or Chris He'll make Cross. you jump, jump. He'll make you jump. I'm sure that everybody says that. So, Eric, thank you. Thank you for being the 80th person to say that today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Say, but I love vibe in this. He really cut loose. He kicks a mask, and he's really the only person on this team that did. Yeah. And the other thing I like is that since we're in Gotham, Fabian went with and used some tropes of the city because the team hid in one of Mr. Freeze's old hideouts. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. You know what else uh, I thought was really funny? is the earthquake. And again, we get the stupid earthquake in every book, and you yeah. kind of glance over it, but in this one, the earthquake happens, like, what happened in Vibes there? It wasn't me. It really wasn't. <laughs> and I really like it, and they have him like, I don't know what he's doing with his hands. Do you remember that? No. It's this crazy move where it looks like he's like fanning himself. It really wasn't me. See, guys, I'm fanning myself. It's yeah. okay. 
Yeah, but no, I, cool. I like the art, but the rest of the book was really a letdown for me. I the first issue really pumped me up, and yeah. this I'm telling you, the heroes are going to kill themselves after this. Yeah, they know they're the losers now, and they can't live with it. They're very disappointed because they could not win, and then uh, Aquaman, Martian Manhunter, yeah. and Satana. Just com- I'm telling you, instantly win. Yep, I, I did like. That's the other thing that I did like at the end, where uh, Vicky comes over and she's like, "Oh, I want to talk to the heroes that saved the day." And uh, Aquaman steps, you know, forward and is like, you know, we got to, and Mr. Dibney, like, why would they be talking to him? <laughs> you just spent ran. the whole issue bad-mouthing yeah, him. he ran, and then we saw Aquaman and Zatanna marching, and but again, there was the speech with the, whether I'm fighting alongside Superman, Batman, or Wonder Woman, or the heroes who helped save our city today, I feel proud to stand beside the Justice League of America. And they're like, yeah. Now, I was just thinking about this. I actually didn't have this in any of my notes, but it just dawned on me for some reason. Do you consider this a win? Because Zatanna just teleported them away. Yeah, I, I don't consider it a win. Uh, again, in this week, it seems like if you concede the fight, you're done. Yes. If you get knocked unconscious, we've seen yes. that, you're done. If you get killed, you're done. Obviously. Uh, teleport, no. No? No. That just seems like you're going to have to wait till they get back. <laughs> you can take a little break, have a picnic, wait for them to come back. Maybe you can arm yourselves, get a little ready. But yeah, They don't uh, need to. They got fucking Aquaman, Martian Manhunter, and Zatanna. They're fine. The rest yeah. of the heroes can just go home. These three got it. They could just keep teleporting people. <laughs> I don't know. 6.5 out of 10 is what I gave this yeah, one. I'd what do you think? A, I think I would have given it about a 5. Really? I, I did like the art a lot, and I liked a couple moments. But yeah, to me, it's... I know that we've talked about this, that 5 is middle of the road but to you that's not middle of the road that that's awful yeah yeah but again maybe five five but yeah i I didn't like it um my next issue is going to be along the trend that i have had all night of another issue that the second issue really disappointed me and that's convergence the flash number two and that is written by dan abnett art by federico dalachio and veronica gandini I'm awful with names. <laughs> uh, Dan Abnett must have heard me yelling about not knowing who Tangent Superman was last month because he spends most of the book showing us. At least that is if Superman is a pretentious prick. That's right. Tangent Superman boasts about how much better he is than Barry for multiple pages until my favorite speedster just hauls off and punches him in the face. They battle for a bit until Superman uses his bullet time to slow things down and after seeing what's at stake, surrenders to Barry. It may have been an odd ending, but the... But by the end, Dan Abnett won me over a bit, and I even started liking Tangent Superman. By the way, we all know Barry took Josie home after the issue ends. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, I was disappointed with this issue. I told you I I read it the first time. Yes. And I hated it. I'm telling you, I I went into work, and I said, oh, my God, that Flash. I read Flash. Jesus Christ, there's a lot of talking and exposition and this and that and the (laughs) other thing. Um, I read it again twice i read it earlier today and then i actually this is one that i reviewed today i read it twice today to review and i'm telling you each time i read it i liked it a little bit more i think that i'm at the uh upper echelon of how much i liked it though i don't think if i read it five other times i'm gonna think it's a 10 um but i liked the idea of um tangent superman kind of getting his kind realizing who he is and then also realizing that he's way overpowered uh, to be fighting uh, Barry, and right. also also spells it out like I don't know what this uh, you know this entity that's caused us a fight, but man, he really didn't 
think this through. These things aren't fair fights, and we've seen that throughout this whole event. Uh, that is the truth. And I'll give Dan Abnett some credit. He doesn't just follow that formula again. He, yeah. He's changing it up. And what happens is Barry's there, and uh, Superman, do, do you agree? He's, he's a prick. Uh, he to just, a degree. He's... He just, I know you, you can say, well, he is, you know, this big thing. Yeah. And he, he knows that he is. But, man, he, he really is like, I am all powerful and that's not a matter of conceit that is just the <laughs> truth and i told you if anybody has seen that old uh brian Atine video where he sends a video to stanley kubrick mr kubrick good good day mr kubrick <laughs> where he does that and at one point i thought of it right away because in that video he says that i come from the school of juilliard which is the best school and that is a matter of fact now <laughs> i'm like oh my god there's tension superman's this brian Atine who three people know of i think he was on tosh right yeah he was on more, tosh. more people will know of it than before but yeah um i like when barry um starts trying to convince himself that this superman might be telos that was funny and, and just it's such a weird stream of consciousness that he comes up with this and he, you're doing you this so doing i this, do this so, yeah. uh one thing i did not like though did did it seem odd that tangent superman knows what star trek is because I don't know why that seemed off to me. No, I was okay with it. I just I didn't think that that would be a thing. I don't know why. They have Star Trek and Tangent Earth. I guess they do. I just it just seemed off to me. Um, that was again, the problem I had with this dialogue, though. At one point, he calls uh, Barry uh, from Earth Prime. Yeah, yeah. And at that point in time, we should know him as Barry from Earth One. Well, here's the thing. I believe that the only way you can get out of anything like that is that he can see all these other futures and things oh, like I that. Oh, I agree, so. though, but this Barry, this time, like, Superboy Prime is going on, and he's no. from Earth Prime. No. And Barry has already broken the, like, you know, the multiversal force, whatever. He's, gotcha. he's crossed worlds, so, no. and they've already designated yeah. Earth 2, Earth 1. Well, again, he even says that Barry isn't even of any time. Agreed. At that moment. I like that. Uh, I like the cosmic treadmill comes yeah. up in this issue. What is this? And all oh, this. that's a it's, it's a it's a weird deal because Barry starts beating the crap out of him. Yes, and he kind of is taking it, whatever. And then he just like stop. I well, thought Barry why, was gonna win. Uh, why did Why didn't he do? Why didn't Superman just do that at the beginning? I guess he felt bad, but he just stops him then. And then as he stops, it's like Barry looks like he's gonna he it's gonna be over. Barry's gonna lose. Yeah, and then. Superman just sees his future and his time stream and all and realizes that the Barry is more important than just this fight. And I like that. I thought it was pretty cool that he's like, uh, okay, my city and, and myself are not that important compared to what you are. You are part of the multiverse. If, if I kill you now or you die and your city gets destroyed, uh, it could end all existence. And so he just basically gives up. He says, I give up. Again, you, you want to like this Superman at the end? Like, oh, my God, this guy is so, uns you know, he's the greatest guy ever. The problem is he was such a dick at the beginning that I really didn't care. Right. And, and also, it's Tangent Superman that I don't know much about. Right. So it, it really takes away from a really what could have been a powerful ending uh, by you know, giving it to a guy who just seems pretty unlikable. See, we've done this in a, this trope here now that where people are seeing crisis and that it's coming up after this in their timeline. Yeah, yeah, like Supergirl. Like Supergirl, Supergirl like Hawkman. Yeah, same yeah. thing. 
And but I for some I reason know. it was this issue that made me think of it. Like Hulkman and Super uh, Superman, Avengers Superman, mm-hmm. didn't have a problem with it. Never even dawned on me. But how are they gonna go and do the uh, crisis if I they're know. here? The only thing that I can think of is that in their minds. Now, this Superman seems to be a little bit more knowing than the others, so I, I don't know why he would. But they must think that, okay, I see your future. You're going to do this crisis. Um, if I give up, everything goes back to normal. They'll never know what happens because they're going to dissolve into whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I think that they, in their mind, they're saving it so that they just go back to their timeline. It, it doesn't make sense. If you think They've about it. They've been gone a year now, though, but like, yeah. are, there, are they going to have their memories erased? Yeah, I... It it seems like that's now, again, that might be next week's convergence, that the ones that win, which, you know, if you're going to have any that survive, the, this sort of thing. But again, you you get weird things where maybe something before then doesn't survive, so that would... Everything's going to affect everything else. Yeah. So nothing really... Like, you can't tell me that... Um, you know, Red Rain's a little odd, but you can't tell me that the... This and that don't affect the A plus B equals C. It, it, everything is affected, and I don't understand, and it doesn't make sense. But, yeah, they, they just go with it. Uh, I don't know. This one's it has an odd ending. Yeah, it has an odd throughout the whole thing. I'm telling yeah. you, um, this is a lot of exposition. This where Barry and Superman are just standing there talking to each other yeah. for the majority of this for, issue. But I for have most to, of the issue. I have to give it to Dan Abnett because even though it was just them talking, he kept it interesting. Oh yeah, well, I like cared I said, about what they said. This is what I got more at each reading. Um, at first, I'm just reading it. and I'm like, holy moly! Then you know me with my I know. Uh, poor attention span. But I'm reading it now again. The, the thing that stuck with me right away was, okay, Superman, you're a real prick, and oh, <laughs> let's get to it. And then it happens, and then he gives up, and it, it seemed forced and whatever. But the more I read it, I really started to appreciate it for what it was and that this tangent Superman really was a good guy. And it's just that I didn't like him. And I thought that that was all. But again, then it ends, and there's the earthquake, yes. which we have to throw in. And then there's Barry, and he's walking in, and he's basically... Um, the, uh, well, before that, Superman tells him, basically, you're not going to go back to Iris. That's over. Give it up. <laughs> Give it up, buddy. You're not going to see him. And all of a sudden, he's like, hmm, that Josie. I think I'm it was, sorry. Back, who, I think it was already go, in the back of his mind. Who would go back to work after this? Yeah. I, I, it's gotten real. I know. Well, then you have the uh, the earthquake. And, and Barry seems to be one of the few guys. And actually, not that. I haven't seen many of the other ones since. Remember in the um, Superman book where he had told everyone he's, you know, everybody knew that he was Superman. Clark Kent. And um, in the Wally West, they know Wally. Adam, they know Adam. In in a lot of these books, they don't because Barry goes back to work and it's not like they're like, hey, Flash, you did it. He's just back to work. Yeah, he still has a secret identity. And it's funny because he's got that stupid Flash ring on that he's playing with. That's not stupid. It's badass. Yeah, no. When this Josie sees him there, I'm like, why are you wearing a Flash ring, you freaking nerd? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like you with your Imaginex. The guy's a freaking, you know, a forensic scientist. He's wearing a flash ring. Holy moly. He's got a a decoder ring. He's learning to drink more Ovaltine. (laughs) Hiding out in the bathroom. Now, do you see Uh, that ending there where he takes the ring off? Yeah. He's thinking about the flash and all the responsibilities that he has in the future now that he knows about this crisis Mm -hmm. and what he'll do with it. But 
You talked about in your synopsis at the beginning how he's going to take Josie home. I saw I also is he took the ring off, had his hand. This is a symbolic that I'm done oh. with my wife. We're going to knock boots now. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, believe me. I didn't think of, because he's even saying, like, I'm never, uh, again, it's the Flash, so he's got to mention something about running or if yeah. I'm not going to run away from it ever again. <laughs> he's like, okay, let's get rid of that ring in the back pocket. Hey, Josie, what'd you do with the night? It's like he's heading out to the singles bar and he puts the wedding ring in the right. pocket. Oh, it seemed awful. And again, you get an ending where I'm like, man, he's not that great. A <laughs> the best would be is all of a sudden he's like in bed with Josie and then he gets, uh, or Iris gets sent there. You know, what you do? You got some explaining to do, Barry. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, um, I gave it a 7 out of 10. It seems to be my go-to number for these books where... I do like it. It just was a little more, uh, it was a little bit of a disappointment. I think I'd give it a seven as well. All right. Yeah, and um, I didn't even mention, I did like the art. I thought the art was good. Now, I think that you... The colors are pointed, great. Well, you pointed out something to me that I really liked through the whole issue. You pointed out when I showed you uh, the one panel. I like the different uh, perspectives and angles that yeah. they use in this, where they have really different ways, and it kind of spells out that you are seeing... Uh, a fight that doesn't have like a main guy like you you see sometimes you see uh superman looking like he's you know towering about it just i really liked it uh that part but yeah seven out of ten definitely yeah next book next we got convergence hawkman number two written by jeff parker with art by tim truman enrique alcatina and john calise mm -hmm. so how you would say that calise I'll go with it. Please, <laughs> <laughs> baby. Hawkman and Hogwoman, after having the revelation about the upcoming crisis destroying everything, decide that they're going to go out like warriors and take on the threat to their city. Only problem is they're a bit outnumbered. The Ratman and Batman of Earth AD have banded together, and if it wasn't for the Thanagarian Shadow Warriors showing up and stopping a missile headed for Gotham, our heroes might not have won the day. Ah. <sighs> Yeah. No, no, that's the thing. Is I'm thinking, I really didn't like the first issue. I didn't mm -hmm. mind this one. It actually boosted my whole overall feeling of the really? two issues up. But this goes back to what I was saying before when we were talking about Adventures of Superman, where it seems like Jeff, who wrote um, Arv Wolfman and Jeff Parker were cheating off each other's tests. Yeah. yeah. Because they both use this thing where the heroes get captured and are chained to a rocket. Um, it's funny because it's so odd that both of them would have that, but... And it's if, both Earth AD villains. Well, that's the thing. If if any of the villains are going to do this crazy move, it would be <laughs> them. So I'll, I'll give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. But yeah, this it, it seems to me like uh, you could even pull it into uh, the Marvel doing Secret Wars at the same time that right. DC is doing conversion. It must, I think it's a coincidence, but man, what a coincidence. And yeah, I don't know. This issue, I you just said you liked it yeah. more than the last one. I had a lot of problems getting through this really? issue. I really did. I, I love the art style. See, um, I actually think the story, because before I had a problem with the art, but I think because yeah. I like the story more, I didn't really have an issue with okay. it this month. I just like it, that old school art for something like this. It really looks like that, but man. Plus, Hawkwoman's boobs look excellent. Yeah, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you the, the main issue I have where I've had this problem in all these Convergence titles, I really could care less about the villains in this issue. I yeah, really I'm saying, could. I don't care for Earth AD. It's like you said no. about Kamandi, but I don't care about Kamandi. Kamandi's cute. 
He was Superman was flying him around. He looks so happy. Just there's nobody happy in this. Oh, so you have Ratman and Batman, and that's. And I it. don't like. Ba- I don't like Batman. I what about Man Bats? Oh, I don't. I don't like them either. But I don't like these <laughs> these Batman. And again, you have a whole horde of uh, identical looking. Exactly. Yeah. And it just again, I don't care. I. I I'm not a big Hawkman fan. See, you I like are. Hawkman. Yeah. I know. You really like him. So there's issues right there. So this book is not for me anyway. If, right. I, if we weren't reviewing these and doing a podcast, I, I never would have read this issue. So I'm reading it, and it just, again, I'm like, okay, here we go. There's rats. There's, there's bats. There they are. <laughs> this, this bat has a, uh, like a uh, pirate's freaking earring remember that guy yeah i remember I'm that i'm like oh look at these guys then you're going and they're strapped to this rocket and holy moly if hawk woman doesn't have a boob job i don't know who has <laughs> because man they look good and they the hawk man's bare chested it's something for the ladies there uh it just and then you get a lot of these rats and some just same the only know. problem i had with the book though is that they're gonna fire a missile on gotham and like i like this aspect because they have Hawkman and Hawkwoman strapped to this missile, and we find out that it's loaded with Cortexton, which is the substance that created these Ratman humanoids over time mm-hmm. that man developed before the Great Disaster. Yeah. And they plan not only plan on beating Hawkman and Hawkwoman, but turning Gotham into them eventually when the people evolved from this Cortexton gas. Okay. So the Hawkwoman frees her in Qatar, but the missile still fires. And luckily, the Thanagarian Shadow Warriors come in in their cloaked ship and deflect the missile. But they shoot it back down at the ground, right where Hawkman and Hawkwoman yeah. are. It explodes. And I got to imagine, though, that Thanagarians aren't like, you know, affected by Cortexin because nobody talks about it again. The Cortexin was loaded. It blew up. Nobody talks about it again. So I'm yeah. guessing they're okay. I don't know. They almost yeah. get killed, though. Yeah, they do. And then, then the book turns into Road Warrior for a couple <laughs> pages. I'm like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> and then you know what? Uh, did you like the part where they're like, there's, Th- there's Thanagar, and all this nonsense. And they're well, like, saying, oh, there goes Earth. And the leader there, of the and... Shadow Warriors dies during this battle because they come in because they decide they want to go out like warriors like Hawkman and Hawkwoman. Mm-hmm. And at the end, she's mortally wounded, and she's like, here, you, you guys are a great war- You know, I respect you. Take the Absorbiscon, which was hooked up to all their sleeper like cells, mm-hmm. and they use it to see what's going to happen. Because we, we in the last issue... We ended on a doom and gloom fact where they saw the Absorbus gone and they saw the crisis happening. It's all the, it's all the end for everybody. Hmm. Here they look further into time and they see we, – like we ended the issue last issue on a downer. Here we do it with a little bit of hope because they go further and they realize that, yes, the reality is going to end. But what comes from it next might be even better. Yeah. So I really like that aspect. We end on a hopeful note, and they just fly off. We got Hawkman and Hawkwoman kicking ass. They love each other, which that's what all I need for Hawkman and Hawkwoman. And we have this happy ending. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Any world we call home, I only need you, Eric. <laughs> the I, end. I, you finally turned around on me? Yeah. You don't hate me no more? No, it's too late. Uh, you know, my hate goes away this late. I just, again, it's one of those that ends with the, that craziness. How about this? There's a lot of other cities in trouble there, Hawkman. How about you go help them? They're going to be like Barry, go back to the museum they're curator just, jobs. just going to fly off. And yeah, really, the, I know that that school trip was loving Hawkwoman's boobs. I, I know I year. was. Yeah, really. They, they really <laughs> pushed those in this issue. Goodness gracious. Like, I think the uh, rope tying in the rocket was like, like underneath her breasts. I, I don't Make them know. pop out even more. 
I don't, it's going to be in my dreams, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you say? What you gave it? Oh, I gave this one a uh, seven point five out of ten. Okay, that seems pretty good. I seven, think I gave the first 5. one a five point five, something like that. Again, I, I say that, and I said uh, I. This would have been an issue where if I had to review it, I probably would have given it to you anyway. It just wasn't for me. It's it's not my thing. I don't really know about the Shadow War. I would have had to have done so much research right. to do this issue. And again, the one thing that it it wasn't was what I always think that is going to happen in Jeff Parker uh, books is a lot of fun and goofiness. It didn't have a lot of fun or goofiness to me. And I don't know. I, I like the art style, like I said. Hawkman's no school. nonsense. Yeah, he is. He he is. Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, this is your book. It was your time to shine, Eric. Yeah. Now, my final book and the final book of the podcast. You is... sound so down now that you're on Wonder Woman. Yeah, I know. I'm, I was just looking at it. Actually, I'm scrolling up and down looking at the stupid notes that I wrote. <laughs> it's Convergence Wonder Woman number two, written by Larry Hama, art by Aaron Lepresti, Matt ba- Banning, and the Horries. Oh, the Horries. It's funny. In this one, it spells out the Horries. It doesn't say the Horries. I added that myself because I didn't want to write their names. But I think the, the <laughs> one woman is uh, Rachel. Okay. <laughs> I wish I could find the book now, and I would tell you exactly. Uh, yeah, Rachel and something else. I'm going to find this. I don't know why I'm so into that. Seriously, oh, no. man. Let and it go. I'm, I'm completely wrong. It's Tanya and Richard Horry. <laughs> Those are the Horries. It's weird that they spell them out individually, this one. They usually just go by the Horries. They wanted their due credit. You know what I'm doing? I'm trying to avoid talking about this I know book. you are. I hated it so much. And in fact, I'm just going to call out one thing. I believe Larry Hama also did uh, Shadow, Shadow of the, of the Bat. Bat. Yeah. yeah. Awful. Okay. It's not been his time to shine at Convergence. No. This issue continues the story from last month, and that's not a good thing. I don't know what's worse, Vampire Joker telling Wonder Woman exactly how to kill vampires or being one of Diana's closest friends. I'd say the friend part because by the end they're all vampires and the real champion steps up and yes, that's the earthquake. (laughs) Yes, in the end, Wonder Woman kind of wins the battle because she didn't die in the earthquake, but her and Julio will take it, Eric. Julio. Remember Julio? I did not until the end. I'm like, who the hell is that? Oh, that kid, yeah. And then they have to have a weird thing of like, you don't call me a poser, Wonder Woman. It's so weird. <laughs> I'm like, really, Julio? You're worried about that right now with your snapback hat? We just so, found out what that was. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, let me talk about this issue. Oh, you talk, baby boy. I will tell you. I really liked Aaron Lepresti's art. So did I. Yeah, I liked it because uh, it was a gothic-looking type of uh, horror comic. I don't know. I'm saying yeah. I love the way Wonder Woman looked. I hated the way the Joker looked. Um, I don't mind the Joker in that look because it kind of looks like that old school uh, Yeah, it has Joker. a very killing joke kind of feel yeah, with how long like his a, face it's is. A, it's a killing joke Joker, so I, I don't mind that. Um, I did not like the amount of blood that was around in this issue because these were vampires. That's why I asked you this, the rules And I told you vampires. a vampire who just recently fed might bleed a lot. But you also told me, I don't know, I'd have to see the story. We already saw the Red Rain vampires yes. before. They didn't have any blood. No. Uh, this has a lot of blood. They had said just, a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, <sighs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, let me just see. I, I think the Joker was just silly. Um, I know that when this book was probably put together, they thought that this vampire Joker was a slam dunk. 
Yeah, the they cover thought, looks you know, great. Everybody loves the Joker. Uh, Wonder Woman doesn't fight the Joker a lot, even though I think one review said that the Joker was more of a Wonder Woman va- uh, villain than a Batman villain. Yeah, they didn't know what the fuck Somebody they were talking about. Somebody said that, and I was like, what the hell are they talking about? Um, but you get this vampire Joker, and I'm telling you, the beginning, he he is boasting a lot about his powers, and from becoming a vampire, it felt off to me. I, it, the Joker's dialogue in this felt so off to me. So to me as well. It didn't seem like the Joker. Honestly, um, all the dialogue felt off. It was all this, like, all right, they're vampires, so we have to have them talk all kind of old English. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was very, uh, right. like, they watched a vampire movie from the 1930s. All right, this is how everybody's going to talk now. Yeah, yeah. And again, if you really take this and last issue down, uh, and I could tell you what it is is what that is. Wonder, Wonder Woman runs one place saves somebody, then leaves them to die, runs another place. It's just back and forth. They're running back and forth between people. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the beginning, Joker basically tells her that he, Batman thought he took care of me. Which I'm guessing was dead. the Red Rain. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wasn't dead yet because you can only make... He, he basically spells out, like, gives an instruction manual of what to do, and yet... and. That's what she does. He tells her, yeah, you can maim us uh, without killing us. You can. It's exactly what she ends up doing. She twists his head around, which yeah. is fine. All right, thank you for the information. Stay yeah. there for a second. Twist. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, they go. You get these. Um, you get Steve Trevor. I mentioned in my review last month that Diana left Steve Trevor to die. <laughs> he had his gun. He's like, hey, uh, I'm okay. Go get Etta Candy. Go save Etta. And Diana runs off, Fail. and then you hear, like, the, the gunshots, where you would think, you see that in a lot of movies, yeah. where, you know, uh, where it, it comes up a lot is like, I'll be okay, I'm going to take care of myself. Like, and then you go off and you hear the gunshot, and she's like, oh, I hope he's okay. But then she goes, and uh, Edda's dead. <laughs> That's how this issue starts. Edda's dead. So there you get her best friend dead. So then she goes, she's there. Okay, oh, I guess I can't say better. I'm going to go help Steve. She goes, kind of saves him, but he gets the crap kicked out of him. For a second she, she saves him. He looks, I'm telling you, I'm looking at the panel right now. He's laying in a heap <laughs> on the heap. ground. He's bleeding. He's bleeding because um, Selena, wait a minute. The wear cat. <clears throat> oh, I had to cough. We know. Yeah. The werecat had sliced him. So he's bleeding. He's laying on the ground, grimacing in pain, and he yells, Take them down, Diana. I can fend for myself. <laughs> he's not fending for himself at all. She goes to get these other vampires. In the meantime, it's Joe... Like... God, I have, I have something stuck in my throat. <coughs> well, she, I'm saying, oh, as, soon as, God. as soon as Steve says, Go take care of them, I'm fine. She takes care of the vampires, and Poison Ivy and uh, Selena Kyle go and immediately take him away. Which makes me laugh, because... I couldn't they, stop laughing. Well, they have pointed out a couple times that these these lame cultists are like, they just became vampires. Yeah. Why would Diana go after them? No idea. Why wouldn't she go after uh, Poison Ivy and uh, Catwoman? And in the meantime... How about when she punches Catwoman in the face and, like, crumples her? It's so ridiculous. Yeah, she's bleeding. Poison Ivy's slumped down. Eyeball is all over the place. So Steve gets taken away. They take him to the Joker. In the meantime, Etta's now a vampire. 
Wonder Woman's awful. She's not a, I don't know what she is in this book. So then she's all, she's in the dumps, and this is the worst part of this issue. She's in the dumps, so they make a call back to like her, her roots, and Athena appears before. And I called bullshit. And starts talking to her, and basically tells her, listen, your friends are dead. <laughs> Just kill them, Wonder Woman. That's the good thing to do. I'm like, Really? Is that what they're going to do because now you've painted yourself into a corner where you have to get them done, so now she thinks it's a good thing because Athena said? It's like, you're right, Athena, mother of wisdom. No, you're awful because you know what? In my mind, what would happen if she kills Joker? What do you mean? If Wonder Woman killed Joker, I would assume Etta Candy would be saved then. I don't know. if that. It's not like he's the vampire king, though. But he turned her. Yes, and I'm that's saying, what. But I'm saying but that's what happened the last time, and I know that. But it, like how uh, Swamp Thing? they killed the Vampire Queen, and everybody there reverted got back to human. Back. Now you got to go for you got to go for Lost Boys on this one. Remember how they thought David was the head? Yeah, but I, he I wasn't. Think that it's, I think that it's who it turned. was. Max. Max was the Max. head vampire. Max. Nobody suspected Max. Yeah. Go Lost Boys, baby. Always go Lost Boys. I suspected him. It might save your life. I didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That's I that's that bothered me a little because I really thought that they overplayed how much he didn't like uh the vampires when they came into a store earlier. With uh, what's his name? With freaking uh Keeper Sutherland Sutherland and and those good looking vampires. Alex Winter. No, I didn't mean Alex Winter, that bug eyed motherfucker. You leave Bill, like Bill S. Press Esquire alone. Alex Winter. Uh, so, I don't know, but the, the whole thing. Then you, Steve Trevor gets turned. Everybody who's close to Wonder Woman's You're having dead. an issue. And there's the earthquake then. And there's where you see Julio and his buddies hanging on the corner. Those guys don't have jobs. No. They're on the corner. Or actually, they're on the stoop. So, they have this issue. And at one point, they show the um, the the church coming down. And I really thought that the... Uh, the tower, it was going to just come right through and, and spear. Oh, the, the steeple joke. would come down? That'd be yeah, great. Yeah, the steeple. That's what I was, I was thinking. I couldn't remember the steeple. Come on, man. This yeah, is the church. This is the steeple. Open the doors this... and see all the people. Don't you remember that? I used to play suitcase. I, did, is that where somebody locked you in a suitcase? No, no. That was the thing. Little, when I was a little boy, I'd like roll up my wiener. And then, and in like a little ball, and it say, "Hey, suitcase, we're at the, we're there." And then you go, and it pops. Out. And then your dad punches you for being weird. Yeah, yeah. And then they took me away. <laughs> oh, suitcase. I've wants, never heard. Who of wants that? to play? Who wants to play suitcase? That's I've never heard that before in my life. That's obviously something I made up in my mind. <laughs> uh, which also uh, did I did I ever tell the story on the podcast? I think I did tell about how my mom would call. Uh, Say the Dingleberry Bird. Yes. Did I ever say that? Not on where the podcast. She, You've told where me. she would she would because uh, I used to run around nude all the time, me and my brother, and she would say, "Oh, if you don't watch it, the Dingleberry Bird's gonna get you." And I always assumed then uh, your wiener was called a Dingleberry. <laughs> I say wiener. I've been cursing all night. I wiener. But yeah, so uh, all this uh, time for years, probably until I was eighteen, I thought a Dingleberry <laughs> was your cock. Uh, my mom's crazy. But it did make us uh, wear pants. All right, man. We also thought a sea hare was a rabbit of the ocean. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I thought a sea hare was just a, a, 
something. Yeah, a fish. I had no idea. I, I was a good boy. I, I did. You were over thirty. <laughs> I didn't get involved in shit like that. I remember because my job before I started working with you, there was a lot of stuff where people would come in for uh, hoses and, and fittings and stuff like that, and they, you, I'd make hoses, and they'd say, "Hey." Uh, I'd say, do you want the same length? Eh, if it's a sea hair bigger, I don't care. I'm like, what the hell's a sea hair? <laughs> don't know what the hell this guy's talking about. Yeah, I didn't know. Why don't you go yeah. play suitcase? Yeah, me and Wonder Woman playing suitcase. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Steve, Tre- back to Steve Trevor. He gets turned into a vampire. He seems to not be fully turned because he still has feelings for Diana and then kind of tries to save her. So kind of like Michael in Lost Boys. Kind of like Michael when he's hanging outside. I'm so going to tell mom she's going to (laughs) be. What what was the exact word? Oh, God. And then remember Nanook saved him. That would have ended the movie on a a very odd note. But at the end, the earthquake happens and all the vampires fall into the crevice. The end. Crevasse. Crevasse. Then Wonder Woman climbs up and then there's Julio. And I like it that uh, she knows Julio, but then Julio doesn't know her because he calls her lady. But he's like, hey, Julio, the weirdest line. This, you said about the dialogue being off. It's this. Wonder Woman says to Julio, Julio, so you haven't let the thug life choose you after all. And that's so from the I didn't choose the thug yes. life. <laughs> it chose me. And it's, it's, that is said on this line. Like, Larry Hama is saying that like a guy who has never had sex and starts talking about <laughs> sex. Or like a guy who hasn't done something, or a girl, guy, whatever. Yeah. But like, any of those, because it is so unnatural, the way she says <laughs> that, that you, he doesn't You know. call me a poser lady? You call me poser lady? You're the one running around in star-spangled underwear. Ooh. Speaking <laughs> of which, it's the hottest woman this guy is ever going to yes. touch. And he's pulling her up out of this crevasse. Uh, I don't think he'd be yelling like that. Julio would have been drooling. He ain't no, Jesus he ain't no poser. He's no poser. I, I like to say that he said poser. Poser? Yeah. Yeah, so then they, they run, the thing collapses. And then, it's, again, it's such an odd victory for Wonder Woman. Everyone's like, and, dead. <laughs> and, and you know what she's most upset about? The, the one guy, I guess it's Julio. Julio says that uh, Steve was an army guy. And he's, no. He was Air no, Force. Air Force. He, he was Air Force. Yeah. Stupid kid. Get it right. Everybody, He's everybody's dead. Just dead. like Jim's dad. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to quote the Duke of Wellington right now. How fucked up he was, was that? Right How fucked up was that? When he said that a battle loss is only half so melancholy as a battle won. <laughs> uh, right you are, the Duke of Wellington. There's so many times in my life that I have quoted the Duke of Wellington. It's always made me feel You know better. what? I'm going to start now. I wish that uh, in preparation I would have gotten some more Duke of Wellington quotes because uh, he always makes me feel better, that Duke of Wellington. <laughs> it's like, like the Duke of Wellington said, I think I ate too much tonight. <laughs> Whew, you right, Duke of Wellington. Not tonight. I have a headache. <laughs> like the Duke of Wellington said, fuck off. <laughs> it's so weird. Like the Duke uh, of Wellington it, said, your mother's a whore. Uh, 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 <laughs> That Duke of Wellington, man, that guy's got a, a mouth He's on hardcore. It. You know what the, it reminds me of a lot is there's sometimes where I'll, I'll hear something uh, like a, a stat or a quote like that. And I'll think to myself, I'm going to throw that into a review sometime. <laughs> and when I do, it comes off so awful. It's like makes no sense. I think the one time uh, I made you laugh because in a the review, they in the book, I don't even remember what book it is, but they went to some, like, avant-garde artist. Uh, 
had like an exp- exhibition. And I think I looked up like the most obscure guy and I'm like, like Franco Cribaldo <laughs> says, and I had some crazy quote. You're like, you read it. I remember yeah. you're like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, I know that guy. Bullshit. You, you don't know. Now I'm going to quote the Duke of Wellington. Maybe the Duke of Earl. That's the only Duke, Duke I know. Duke, Duke, Duke of <laughs> That's Earl. That's the only Duke. Earl. Uh, but now this, yeah, this fucking issue was rife with terribleness. But I'm saying the dialogue is the worst part because I really enjoyed the art. Yeah, I like the art, and I like the Duke of Wellington once said, <laughs> "Art is the vision of the soul." Eric, I wish. Did, I knew did the Duke really say that? No, no. The Duke said, "That's too eloquent for me, you." Get me some new undergarments. These <laughs> are chafing my dingleberry. <laughs> And then his next quote was, get out of here, ma'am. I'm playing suitcase. <laughs> what? That's what he said. <laughs> Let me play suitcase alone, you dirty whore. Jesus. Oh, you Dude, Duke you need to calm down. You son of a bitch. You old curmudgeon, you. What'd you give this issue, Jim? Oh, goodness. <laughs> like the Duke of Wellington once said, I gave it a 2.5 because it sucked worse than a... Backstreet Horror. And I'm talking about your mother. <laughs> oh, Duke of Wellington. That's when he started going uh, a little south. I'm saying, this all of a sudden, the Duke of Wellington. I think the Duke of Wellington's become Sean Connery from like SNL <laughs> Celebrity Jeopardy. <laughs> listen, listen, Trebek. <laughs> oh, my God. You keep talking. I'm looking up Duke of Wellington <laughs> quotes right now. Oh, my goodness. Do they have I, – I bet you that's the only quote that he ever had that's – okay. Uh, do you know who the first Duke of Wellington is? Look at me. You know I don't. That would be Arthur Wellesley. Okay. That, that's the other thing that's funny is the Duke of Wellington's a position. To me, I'm thinking it's like one guy. But you know. Yeah, me as well. We're idiots. Um, here's a great quote from him, this is, and this is, this is true. I believe I forgot to tell you I was made a duke. Really? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's hard pounding this channel. (laughs) Let's see who pound longest. Oh, my God. I think I've said that. I think think you said it last night. How about this one? Up, guards, and at them again. He said that at the Battle of Waterloo. Oh, yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. This is also um, uh, another quote. Napoleon has humbugged me, by God. I don't know what him and Napoleon were up to. Buggering. Uh, you know what then he said after that? Hard pounding this gentleman. Let's see who will pound longest. Damn right. You know what else he says? Believe me, nothing except a battle lost can be half so melancholy as a battle won. And you know what I'm saying then? I think he messed up the quote. <laughs> he said that a battle lost is only half so melancholy as a battle won. He, he gave a little abridged version of that. I might, uh, to me, Larry Ham is like, okay, let's get to that Wikipedia. Let's get some quotes there. And then he, he didn't like the one about hard pounding. <laughs> I would have gone with better. that one. It has been a damn serious business. That's another he one. He was looking up Duke of Earl and then found the Duke of Wellington. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Here's my favorite. Who? <laughs> Who? That was his. Who? Who? He, he was introduced to the Prime Minister of the Earl of Derby. Who? <laughs> hey, Earl he of Derby! Uh, Earl of Derby! I'm an owl. Who? I'm getting. I'm, I'm guessing he had one of those ear horns in here. Who? <laughs> you must build your house of parliament on the river. 
There's Fair another enough. one. This guy, this guy is a hilarious guy. And um, I should have given more praise, he said once. Fair enough. I could go on all night. Yeah. Well, it's getting late. One last one. Okay. The only thing I am afraid of is fear. <laughs> That's almost taken later and with death. the. Uh, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. And spiders. Yes. <laughs> and some snakes. And that, and that goddamn wife of mine who makes me do chores. Oh, yes. What are, <laughs> and shadow puppets. <laughs> I hate those damn things. It's like they've come alive. I know it's not a rabbit, but I can never tell at the time. <laughs> and, and shoe shine boys. Those damn boys. Joe oh, Piscopo. <laughs> You don't know who that is yet, but I'm fearful of him uh, so much. You you will know. And Carrot Top. I hate that guy. First he's just weird, but then he gets muscular weird. <laughs> oh, God. I'm laughing at you like all these people on podcast laugh. And I don't like buttons. <laughs> Keep those buttons away. I'm a snap man. <laughs> I'm a snap man through and through. You tell that Napoleon. Now let's get to some hard pounding, gentlemen. Yes. That he said that he said at the gentleman's club. Let's go to the sauna and get to this hard <laughs> pounding. Uh, why do you have your pants on still, sir? <laughs> you tease you. <laughs> I hate three things. The Dutch, shoe shine boys, and a tease. An intolerance. Now, <laughs> now get to it, boys. Whew. All right, brother man. That is the end of this podcast. Episode 20 there. was a success. Oh, uh, 20. Oh, God. I guess this one's going to be called The Duke exactly. of Wellington. Exactly. Thank you, Duke of Wellington. The Duke of Wellington, um, Convergence, and a new mic. I don't know. We'll call it something. I may edit this tonight. Uh, the Duke of Wellington. <laughs> Little did I know that the Duke of Wellington would, <laughs> would be such a uh, a fountain of, of laughter. See, with the Duke of Wellington now, would you go back and give Wonder Woman something better? No. Now I give it a one because he messed it up too. Um, there's some uh, one last quote from the Duke of you Wellington. You said that already. One last quote. I'm trying to look. It's this one. Who? <laughs> Who? Ah, uh, yes. That's it, Eric. That's another podcast down the drain. All right. Uh, I thought at one point uh, we started off a little dry, then we got good, and then we ended up with just ridiculousness. Yes, well, I'm happy we got to the ridiculous. I was selling this entire episode. Yeah, you were. Was it just because of the uh, intro uh, mail? Yes, it was, sir. Well, you know what? We read all the mail, and I'll just end by saying, please come to our site. There will be no Duke of Wellington quotes. You're there getting that be. all in the podcast. Well, there might be. Because, man, that might be a weekly <laughs> thing. It's like Wednesday with Wellington. That'd be so good. <laughs> it's, our new, it's our new thing. And, uh, yeah, and you know what? A couple of podcasts from now, I'm going to have a, a game show with the uh, – you have to guess if it's Wellington or not. That's the, Wellington or not. That's pretty called. good, too. But, yeah, please come to our site. It's weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com. And, yes, we are a blog. We're very ashamed of that. I'm sure the Duke of Wellington would be shamed too. But you know what he said once? He said, publish and be damned, Eric. Who? And that's Who? that's what we do. Publish and be damned. Because every time you publish something, we're damned. Yes. We're damned on that Twitter. Uh, but if you want to come see us on Twitter and watch the fireworks nice. when Eric gets yelled at, come to Weird Science DC. That's our uh, tag or our, our username on Twitter. I don't know how the kids say things nowadays. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm more in line with the Duke of Wellington. Uh, we also are on Facebook. What's that Facebook page? www.facebook.com forward slash weirdsciencedccomics.com. No, wait, wait. Okay. I already did the dot com. Oh, my God. You know what? I believe I forgot to tell you I was made a Duke, Eric. Uh, we also have uh, a thing called Listener Mail that gets Eric all in a tizzy. Oh, only his this pan- week. It's my favorite part of the show. Punch. Yeah, it's it's turned on you. Yeah. But uh, you can write in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. I always forget I that. I thought we lost uh, connection for a second. Yeah, no, it was me trying to remember while I'm still paging through the Duke of Wellington quotes. Leave the Duke um, alone. I know, the Duke. Uh, that poor old Duke. That's about it, though, Eric. Uh, like I said, come to our site, leave some messages, leave some mail, go to iTunes, Stitcher, all those crazy things, and leave some... Uh, We're all over that crazy interwebs. Read some stuff and, you know, give us a rating, say that we suck. Don't, don't say Anything. that. Anything. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we would love to... You know, because if if you enjoy us, maybe some other people will, and the only way they'll ever get to see us will be if we get more uh, reviews and stuff like that. Positive. I don't know. Are you positive now, Eric? We're done. I'm a bit tired, but yeah, yeah I'm more positive now after the Duke of Wellington. Yeah, the Duke. Of that Wellington made my night. He always pulls me through. <laughs> I, I'm. I, I. It sucks that you got down early. I could tell you were down. You were a little sad. Very sad. You know what you didn't do? You didn't offend many people tonight. Hopefully. I think I have, I think I offended I think more people tonight. <laughs> so bring it on. I don't get upset at the bad mail, when, especially stuff like that about offensive things and whatever. I, it goes in one ear out the other, just like everything anybody says to me. Well, have a happy Memorial Day and yeah. a happy week, and we'll see you in seven. See you in seven, Eric. Bye.